You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oz Network as we bring you a very, very special edition of the show today. A bit of an idea that uh, a lot of Australian Survivor podcasts have been throwing around is about a roundtable discussion about Australian Survivor as we kind of head into the pointy end of the fourth season of Australian Survivor. And uh, we've got a collective episode here for you today featuring three other Australian Survivor podcasts and, of course, ourselves talking about this current season of Australian Survivor. So you're going to hear from myself, obviously, representing the Oz Network. You're also going to hear from Chris representing the Previously on Australian Survivor podcast, Jake and Cassie representing the After the Torch podcast, and Kyle representing the Two Boys Talk Survivor podcast. And it's a fun little episode here discussing a wide variety of topics and, of course, a bunch of you sending some listener questions here to this episode as well, which we do address. So, without further ado, let's sit back, relax, and listen to the Australian Survivor Megacast, we like to call it, featuring the Oz Network, previously on Australian Survivor, After the Torch, and Two Boys Talk Survivor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special podcast as we come to you for an Australian Survivor megacast bringing together four Australian Survivor podcasts to talk about Australian Survivor. Funny that. Uh, very excited to be able to anchor this, but it's not all about uh, myself or all this sort of stuff. It's about four different shows here talking about a show that we've been covering all season, and it's really getting to a point of the show now with about a month to go that we're all excited to see how it is going to handle. I'll start off by introducing myself. My name is Ben Waterworth, and I'm here representing the Oz Network. Hello, Ben. Um, I, this is Chris over here from previously on Australian Survivor here in rainy Melbourne. Um, it's, it's great to be chatting with you and the, uh, the other two pods that we've got here. It is just me. I'll quickly note that it's just me. Uh, normally we have Ben, Josie and Fee, but Ben's been medivaced. Um, <laughs> Josie's working on her, uh, her video for next season for her entry video and Fee has mutinied. Um, she decided <laughs> to leave at the end of us. So you've just got one of the four uh, over here. And then representing WA, my name's Kyle. I'm one half of Two Boys Talk Survivor. I'm usually here with Brian. Uh, he's spending a night on exile. I keep trying to get rid of him, but he just keeps on coming back. <laughs> I'm sure you all know what it's like. And uh, yeah, excited to talk with you guys as well. And this is Jake from After the Torch uh, in Adelaide. And yeah, it's lovely to be here. And I'm sitting next to... Cassie, as always. Yeah. So both of us are here, ready wow. to go. Wow, we literally are representing uh, four out of the uh, eight states and territories uh, here this evening. I'm from Tasmania, I should have mentioned that. Hello, uh, the little <laughs> island below you guys I'm looking up um, right now. So this is, wow, I didn't realise we were so, I thought you guys were yeah. all probably from the one state, but this is, you know, small-minded Tasmanian <laughs> talking here. But yeah, this is, this is I'm, I'm excited to be here representing the Oz Network. Um, you know, we've got a few different co-hosts that kind of um, filter in and out of our different types of shows. But, I mean, for, I guess, people who don't know my voice or don't know about our show, um, I mean, we formerly were Survivor Oz. We've sort of been around since about 2011. And for a large portion of that time, we were the only podcast uh, in Australia covering Survivor. But, uh, you know, we've clearly <laughs> not that anymore. It's, it's great to actually, I was mentioning this in one of our episodes recently, how great it is to 
you know, see so many out there now covering it. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, we've spent a lot of the time covering US Survivor, interviewed a bunch of the guys, and now switching focus, obviously, to uh, Australian Survivor. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's this is this is a fun idea to be able to speak to, you know, to make sure that we are well represented in Australia covering this show that we all love. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yes. Your viewpoints from all over the country. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think kind of what uh, we've all sort of agreed here to come to and obviously give our own different takes on the show and uh, obviously we're all sending out episodes here across our different uh, networks. And we're, we're only a broad coverage of the Australian Survivor podcast that are going around at the moment too because there's four of us here. We obviously invited a few other shows that sadly couldn't uh, join us here tonight and there's still about another 312 shows out there. So um, yeah, we're, we're, only, we're only covering a small um, portion of this. And I guess, I, I mean, I, I would like to just say in terms of Survivor fandom for myself personally, I mean, uh, you know, I've I've talked about a lot on our show, but I mean, I've watched Survivor since day one. I was 13 when it first started in the year 2000. I've been a day one viewer and never missed an episode since. And it's kind of just um, one of these obsessions that I've had in life. And I mean, I, I'm extremely interested to kind of hear uh, your perspectives of how you got involved, because this is kind of one of these things that I find personally trying to find Survivor fans still in 2017, because a lot of the time you get that same reaction of, oh, is that show still on? Yeah, I watched it when it first started, but yeah, I just <laughs> lost interest and in I'd rather watch The Block. So, um, I mean, I, I've, I've stayed loyal. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well, that, that, that's how, uh, actually how we got together on um, previously on Australian Survivor is it? I worked with, uh, or I work with uh, Ben and, and Fiona of the podcast, and we all worked together in the office. And it, it was that kind of little thing. Was like, did anyone watch Survivor last night? You know, <laughs> the, the US version. And then you, we found each other um, and became really good mates. And, and we could spend an entire Friday dissecting uh, dissecting the show. So uh, it, it, we no longer work together, but we've made sure that. And this podcast, uh, this, the Australian series, was the best opportunity to. Um, keep keep the conversations going. Or like we have to record this because just we we you know we cover all, all sorts of things. So um, that's how we sort of got together. Just some some office mates and uh, Josie, who's also part of the podcast, has started a podcast with Ben and Fee. Uh, it's a book review podcast called Book Who's Talking. So I'll just quickly get that in. Um, and so they were already up and running with this podcast, and we we're like, guys, we've got to get season two is coming around. We gotta we gotta get these words. Um, We've got to get them down and, and get them recorded, and um, it's been a blast um, doing it. It's one of the best things that we do. So, yeah, every uh, every Tuesday night, soon to be – well, sorry, every Monday night, which is now soon to be Tuesday night, uh, we get on Fee's couch and we generally, you know, buy something gross from um, around the corner and watch <laughs> the show and then get our thoughts down. Um, yeah. How, what about the rest of you guys? Uh, for me, I was a very, I guess, a latecomer to Survivor – um, Brian told me about two years ago it was his favourite show and I laughed at him. Um, <laughs> literally thought he was taking the piss. <laughs> um, but I gave him benefit of the doubt and I tuned in for, I think it would have been like season 30 of US Survivor and I was hooked. I went back and I watched seasons 1 to 29. I've then continued to watch the US seasons, watched Australian Survivor last year and... Brian said that he always wanted to do a podcast because he listened to Survivor podcasts and I've always sort of done creative projects with video production or music and so it just made sense for us to bring it together. Also, 
we'd watch an episode together and then analyze it for an hour afterwards anyway. So why not chuck a microphone in between us and then throw it up on the internet to make of it what they will. Um, so we started doing uh, Game Changers was the first one we covered and then we did New Zealand Survivor and now this one. So um, I am kind of like you, Ben. First first season, uh, Richard Hatch, Rudy on that beach. Loved it with my mum. I kind of kept up most of the time since then. I'm sure I missed the odd season here and there, but I've been pretty firmly committed the whole time. And, um, you know, I finally got my hands on all of the Survivor when it was around season 30 and was late at home watching JT with his like clean sweep season and Jake comes in and he's giving me so much crap for watching Survivor <laughs> and like and then next thing we know it's 4am and he is screaming at the television in support of JT because obviously it's rerun so we can watch the whole thing and he's been obsessed ever since to the point where like he talks about it so much it's almost embarrassing without <laughs> it, he just can't keep a lid on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of say like I'm like the born again survivor. Like I came late mm-hmm. to the game and then just became like an Better like I just ever. love it. And then I just like evangelize to people about how good it is and how they just don't understand. Like if mm-hmm. someone doesn't like I'm like, no 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 no. It's not like all those other reality shows. It's different. It's different. Yeah, so... Um, people, people think it's yeah. just reality. They lump it all in with that Kardashians crap and all that sort of stuff, and they realise yeah. it's a completely different show. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about this in our last episode. It was, like, that it's, like, pure... It's, like, a pure show because it's not about, like, your, like, food dream or building a house or something like that. It's just, like, <laughs> I want to win a million dollars. And so... 500,000. Well, 500,000, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100,000 if you're um, in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, and really? then, yeah, oh, and then and then in terms of the, our <laughs> podcast, we sort of were jokingly talking about. I actually make another podcast that's not about Survivor at all, and we were jokingly talking about doing a Survivor podcast initially, and then that joke kind of turned into this real. We were like, let's do it, and then we were away on holiday, and we recorded our theme tune while in our hotel room, um, <laughs> and then we're like, well, we've got to record, we've got to do this, so. Wow. Well, once you've got a theme tune, you, you kind of have to follow up with a podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> can you sing us the theme tune? I mean, is it something you can sing or is it something that we just have it's, to listen to? Our, survi- our, our theme tune is us singing the Survivor theme tune. Oh, I feel like we need to hear it, don't we? I mean... Uh... Really badly. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'll, I'll send it to you guys. We can edit it in. Oh, <laughs> a live, live rendition uh, of it here. It's, um, yeah, it's... Oh, I mean, I've always likened it to, like... I mean, I'm a huge sports fan and it's kind of, to me, it's it's a show that you can obviously attribute a lot to a lot of elements to do with sport in terms of like statistical analysis and just kind of the way you can talk about the seasons. And I mean, personally, I don't think there's really any other reality show that you can. I mean, you might argue Big Brother to an extent, Amazing Race, sort of, but I don't know. I just, that's my reason why I think I've always just stayed in touch with this show and loved it and just... You know, when the urge and the um, the opportunity came to really start a show, because, I mean, I was in radio when it kind of accidentally got um, into a conversation with Gillian Larson from Gabon and kind of one interview led to another that led to another and then I was spinning it off into a podcast and next thing I've interviewed over 300 contestants and I'm staying with them for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a weird little thing that's really transformed my life personally in the last sort of six years, but... Um, 
yeah, it's it's just such a crazy show, which it's it's so amazing. And I mean, again, as I said, for me to be able to have a show where we were the only one in Australia at the time, and here we are now, and we're, there's four of us here, four different shows represented, and again, not even probably a quarter of the shows that are out there on iTunes, at least that we know of. Um, you know, I mean, there are there's, there's there's they're popping up all the time, so. Um, and I think this is this is great, obviously, with our own local version that we're here. And I just I wanted to quickly touch this. I'd like to get some opinions of people here on this because we are. I don't know if we are the only show that does this. Uh, I think Chris, you mentioned there that uh, you classify this as season two. We might be the only podcast that still classify this as season four. Is there any other arguments here that this is season? Because I, I I proudly say this is season four, not season two. I don't know if I'm the lone one there. I'll go with you because I know that's what Wikipedia says. So I totally, <laughs> but for the ease of knowledge, but for the general population, it just feels natural to say season two. Plus, I don't, I mean, does anyone go back and re watch the, the Channel 9 show? I, a- I did recently, but uh, I have no life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're season two. We say season two. Um, Cassie, what's your thoughts on the old seasons of Australian oh, Survivor? I, honestly, I barely remember it. Like, I, I have a vague memory, but in my mind, it was almost like it was like it kind of looked like it was in someone's backyard, but maybe mm. I'm just making that up. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, Kyle, I don't, Kyle, what, are you a two or a four here? We call it season two. Um, yeah, the, the first two seasons, yeah. <laughs> I never really knew about them, I never saw them. I Look, the argument that I have, and it's from a guy who used to work on our show, I call it the cable argument. And I mean, I think he has a solid point where he basically says the people who played at least the season one, season two obviously being celebrity, uh, you know, they went out there not knowing that it was going to be a massive flop. It wasn't their fault that Channel 9 kind of butchered it and they went mm-hmm. out there playing a game, put their lives on line for 39 days and, I mean, we've talked a lot about it on our show. I did recently rewatch it. I've been very critical of it in the past and it still has massive issues with it. It's nowhere near the production quality that we've got for Channel 10 and there are large portions of it that you could probably say are unwatchable but there are some players <laughs> on that first season. The winner spoiler alert rob dixon to me he is the greatest player ever to play australian survivor uh, even better than anyone we've had so far in channel 10's two seasons so wow. oh damn yeah My i drop. think it, it definitely warrants going back and checking it out just for a bit of hindsight and the last episode of season one channel nine to me one of the best finales even comparable to a lot of the u.s finales so yeah okay and we've, we've had a few of the uh season we've had a few of the channel nine people on our uh, show this season as well doing recaps so yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. Not mm. not to go too far down memory memory lane, but to, to <laughs> test test my memory here with Rob. There's a huge backstabbing moment in the Australian one, wasn't there? And I forget the lady's name, but she Katie. she completely loses the oh, yeah. loses the from memory when she realises her alliance has turned on her right at the end, and yep. he's made winning move. But that, that's that's one of the great survivor survivor moments that's always stuck with me. And that's what um, I'm talking about that last episode. This, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that we, we had Katie on about three weeks ago. And to me, oh. like she had not watched a single episode of Survivor between when she was on to the, that week's episodes that we got her to recap with us. You couldn't tell. To, like she is that savvy on this game, even though she hasn't watched it in 15 years, that she can just talk about it like she's one of us, like she's hosting a podcast. And that episode alone, because there's a 10-minute <laughs> sequence where it is literally her at a campfire 
talking to Rob, basically going, you're as dumb as dog shit, you're a piece of shit, you're so ridiculous, you stabbed me in the back. Next minute, she's like walking away from camp. This camera's basically running after her. She sits down on a log and he's basically like completely inconsolable. She literally turns around and says, maybe I can kill one of them. And she actually (laughs) meant it. Like, this is all legit. And this is why it's so fascinating viewing. Uh, It's so, yeah, look... We're getting sidetracked, I know, but I just, yeah, I classify this as season four. That's just, that's just me. Yeah, I think the only thing I can add to that is that I, I feel so gracious towards Channel Ten for bringing us, you know, a real season of of Australian Survivor that I'll, I'll happily credit them with season two, calling it, you know, season one and season two. So uh, it's it's all in goodwill to Channel Ten. Completely agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I guess kind of with this, uh, we're obviously here to talk about this season. Um, and, I mean, just initial thoughts, I guess, on where we're at now. Obviously, we're just about to reach the merge. Um, and I've, I personally have been enjoying this season for the most part. I think it's um, probably exceeded last season, in my opinion. I think, personally, it's starting to show a few cracks just in terms of some of uh, these non-elimination episodes, which are just getting frustrating. But I guess I think we've got them out of the way now. Um, but I've, I've been enjoying it still. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to develop right now because I think really right now we're at a point where this time last season we kind of gotten rid of the really big heavy hitters and we really kind of got stuck with this sort of friendship group. I'm not going to use the M word because we never use the word mateship uh, in when it comes to Australian <laughs> Survivor podcast. Um, but whereas now I think personally we're at a point where we've got so many power players still in this game and we've got so many differing alliance possibilities that uh, I, I I think we're in for a very exciting second half of this season. Um, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But um, I've got some thoughts here as well, Ben. Um, you've got us at the perfect time right before the merge. Um, this is such a good time to talk about all this this stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of fun this year. I've, I think it's fun. I think the cast is good. We've got some great characters um, you know, a really great villain as much as we all, you know, I think we're all thinking about the same person, but that's, that's great TV. So I think it's an, an improvement on last year. You can see the gameplay starting to evolve. Um, they've got more players out there. Henry's a good example, you know, slipping people um, idle clues. It's such a, you know, such a good idea. They just tend need to just kind of start to back away from the, the crazy twists and just let the game uh, happen. But I, I know they're kind of beholden to... Um, trying to appeal to a broader audience beyond your standard um, Survivor fan, but I think we, I think it's been a lot of fun, and I'm I'm really hoping um, we get more more seasons. Yeah, I think um, we've had a really strong beginning with this season, like with the strong cast, great personalities, loved the challenges. They've all been aesthetically pleasing and well balanced as well. Cinematography's on point. Samoa looks beautiful. Um, so I think at the start, like it really kicked off with a bang where there's a lot of great gameplay and that's due to the good casting. Um, I feel like the middle section, a bit of a dip. It's just, I think because of a lot of twists coming in there, a lot of production twists. Um, but I think that now puts us in a really interesting spot going into the merge that those twists have just mixed up the dynamics and relationships just enough to have you still guessing going into this as to where people are going to fall and where alliances are going to land now that we're at the end of the game. So I think we're going to have a strong finish for it as well. Yeah, I, um, yeah I've loved it so far. Uh, I mean, it's Survivor, so it's great. Uh, but definitely I think it's an improvement on uh, last season. I think, 
Channel 10 kind of learnt maybe from a few of the mistakes from last season. And, yeah, I, I so, so far, like, the casting has been... That's one of the things I just think has been great this season. And I think the number of um, change-ups they've had will do exactly what um, you said previously about just having not that solid group going into the merge that just is going to demolish everyone. I think we've got enough fractured alliances that we're going to see. You know, it's going to be interesting. And they've still got some of those big boys in. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting after the merge. For sure. I definitely agree with that because I think kind of really going into the merge last season, we sort of had that whole, what, Sanapu dominant group that really just were there to pick off the, the new Vavau sort of people there and it really just kind of went that way, didn't it? Whereas, as Absolutely. you were as you were saying there, Cassie, like, we've, we've even with the amount of change-ups that we've had this season, it, it's kind of to the point where I'm, well, I can't remember who the hell was on what tribe with who at any given damn point. So it's kind <laughs> of, and that, that's when we get these exciting ones. I mean, on paper, you know, Summertow obviously have the numbers going into this with the Sanger, but I, I personally think that means jack shit at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, like, I know we've talked to the, well, Cassie's kind of brought up the idea in one of our shows about that actually sometimes the tribes that go to tribal more sometimes actually do better because they've True. they've tested their alliances rather than those that big tribe that, like, never goes and then all of a sudden it comes to the merge and everyone freaks out because they haven't actually, you know... So in some ways, yeah, potentially a Sanger are going to be stronger. Token Teens and Samoa, I think, are two classic examples of that. Um, you know, in terms of comparing it to the US version, just with you know, mm-hmm. obviously the the numbers disadvantage you had at the merge, and then you had smaller alliances taking over. Um, Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm more excited for the merge this time around. I, yeah, I mean, I think kind of in terms of right now, I guess, talking about things that have worked this season, um, I think it was you, Kyle, who mentioned about the challenges. Um, I mean, God, they've gone above and beyond this season with challenges. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked a lot on our show about how I personally think that these are better than a lot of the US uh, challenges in the last five to ten seasons. I mean, they are just, they're unique um, particularly in those first couple of weeks, they were just so good. And, I mean, even sort of, you know, they're kind of trying to put these dreaded endurance challenges into it in sort of a team form, but I kind of think they work. Like that, the water pyramid one we just had recently um, was something different. The one where they, even they had to hold bags ahead, above their heads. I mean, you <laughs> know, it sounds so stupid, but it actually kind of was quite entertaining. The disc one where they're having to hold it between their hands. So, um, yeah, I think the challenges this season have definitely worked. Um, I, I, I definitely think, uh, the casting, like I, I hated this cast preseason. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was terrible on paper. <laughs> uh, but I, I've eaten my words. I think this casting is, is really good. Um, I mean, even sort of the people who aren't playing good games necessarily in a sort of the villains and the people that were all screaming at, you know, the TV, <clears throat> Tara, excuse me. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, they're great TV, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's really setting us up. For, for something good. Uh, I This is a weird one to say what I think has worked. I think Jonathan LaPaglia has been doing his uh, practicing in the off-season. He is like, taking leaps and bounds in his uh, tribal council questioning and just kind of He's fantastic. Yeah. Has anyone noticed how much more of a jerk he's been narrating <laughs> over the challenges? But that's, oh, that's what we need. need. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, just, he's been watching a lot of uh, Pro, Jeff Probe's tape, um, you know, because you know he, he calls out the weakest one. He starts to pick at people. Um, Man I, crushes. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> his, his tribal questions have been a lot more pointed and um, he's literally just calling out things that people shouldn't know. And that's classic Jeff, Jeff Probe. So I've, um, JLP's uh, 
he's fantastic. Um, I, although I've never, I, I haven't watched the New Zealand season, so I don't know what it's like to watch a show with a, a different host. But um, they've just plucked this guy, and um, he's absolutely perfect. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Uh, we we both like pre-watching the last Australian season as well. We were like, who is going to fill these shoes of like Jeff, who's just like incredible in the role and i mean even last season he was great but yeah this this season that was actually something we jotted down as an answer for for you know what's worked so far and we said the same thing like jlp has just like been nailing it this season and his guns as well do they not look oh. bigger i mean it's Jesus. The power couple, guys it's the power couple um yeah. JLP's <laughs> Uh, one thing I just wanted to quickly add in terms of what also has worked, um, I, I kind of, I don't, don't know why, maybe you guys can help me out here, I really kind of feel like I want to buy a Holden all of a sudden, I, I don't know why, I mean, any 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 reasons you think there might be uh, some Survivor connections to Holden advertising this season? I, I haven't seen any ads, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that wow. ad. Right, so that music in that ad is honestly haunting me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's having a... Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no. I was like, we were having an exchange with Lee on Twitter about it, and um, <laughs> just saying like, stop rubbing it in my face. I drive a car from 1989. I can't bloody afford it. He car. loves it though. Lee, Lee is so good on Twitter because you just every week right. you can take a little dig at him, and he plays up to it. And we had Des on the other week, and we brought that up with him. And Des basically is like, nah, mate. He fucking drives an Audi. I don't know what you're talking about. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you tag him in that, and even then he just plays along with your tweets. So props to Lee, I will say, for playing along with it. Oh, sure. At least it fits the theme. We there was the the KFC ads there for a little while, <laughs> and I know we're going super off topic, but it was the one with the fried cheese in the burger that said you know something about you can be an adult now that you've you can eat this fried cheese burger. So that was that was one of the experiments we did on the the, the podcast. We ordered the, the the burger with the fried cheese. We all ate them. We all fa- <laughs> felt sad, but we we could all say that we were adults. That was the ta- the tagline. So basically, if any if there's any food related advertising i'm pretty quick to point out to the guys do you guys want to try that do you guys want to wow do you guys that? <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> it's all part of the survivor couch experience so quick can i just interrupt and chris were you i know if it wasn't your show i know there was maybe another show it didn't i don't know if we've got in one of those shows here but chris was yours a show that did the the bag above the head challenge you held it above your head during the recording of the episode or was that another show that did that jeez i, I wish i could claim that but no no was no, that no, anyone else here that did that no no no, I read somebody, and forgive me, maybe, uh, yeah, whoever it was, please, I'd like to know, because I, I def- definitely read on social media that there was a podcast that did that. They held the bags above their head while they were recording their episode, and I thought that was genius. That's brilliant. That's great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really have much in terms of, I think, kind of, I've added what I think has worked this season. Um so, I mean, I don't know if I've stolen many people's others, other options there. But, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think that they're kind of the key ones to me that I feel are working so far as we head into the merge. For sure. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, particularly those challenges, because as anyone that listens to our podcast, I whinge about the challenges constantly, like just in general, because just oh, I get so bored. Very well like I skip- show, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Because I, I skip through them if I'm watching reruns. Yeah. I just, I just yep. don't care. But these ones are the best I've seen, I think, including American Survivor. I totally agree with you there. They are above and beyond. Really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
it's I think it's gotten to the point we've talked a lot on our show about how challenges and warmers become obsolete in Survivor, particularly mm-hmm. when they just they just get so lazy now post merge with it's just the same challenge just rejigged. Um yep. and it's just it's lost its awe. Um and I think what Australian Survivor is showing this season is that there are new challenges out there that can be created. And whereas US seems to be getting a little bit lazy, I mean, for God's sakes, I think this week Jeff Probst came out and said he wants to film Survivor permanently in Fiji now moving yeah, forward. Yeah, we saw that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, but that's a that's another topic. But uh, I think that definitely, and I think we had somebody listen to our show who tagged um, one of the production crew um, and basically he commented on one of our episodes saying, oh, thanks for the heads up. You know, we've been working really hard on these. And uh, I think that, yeah, massive props going out to the the Channel 10 production crew for this. I mean, we might talk a little bit more possibly in what hasn't worked and have some more criticisms on Channel 10 with that, but I definitely think cannot take away when it comes to just what they've done with the challenges this season for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, are we are we all dying to talk about negatives here? Or <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Kick us off. I honestly don't have that many, but uh, kick us off. You want me to kick you off? A uh, kick off? Well, uh, I think. I mean, I I I'd be willing to hear some others go first because I, I don't want to well, steal everybody's thunder here again. I'll, I'll jump what? in only only because my my only negative is I'll say the challenges again, and that some of them are such foregone conclusions based on the promoing of the episode. So, sorry, to, I mean, I love Channel 10 for giving a survivor, but the, the promoing during the week is like, well, quite a lot of episodes, you're like, well, we know who's winning this because we all know who's going to tribal because that's been the story of the episode. That's a good point. Um, some, sometimes the editing can be a little heavy-handed and you're like, we're only getting a little bit of story on one tribe, a whole lot of story on the other. Why are we even doing this immunity challenge? Um, and so you can give me as much dramatic music as you want. <laughs> I think I know which. I think I know how this challenge is going. So, um, but the, you know, that, that's such a picky thing, you know. For and that's probably something that only the real hardcore fans uh, would would dwell on. So um, that's about it. I honestly had a blank space when I was trying to think of some stuff later uh, earlier on. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that about the you know the true fans sort of realizing because we because this is our first season doing a podcast, Cassie and I, and we always say we're like, are we just noticing this now because we're doing a podcast mm-hmm. on it? Like, is it actually any different, <laughs> or is it just like you know um, heavy handed in this season? Yeah, yeah, but it, it has seemed heavy handed with the um, you know in the lead up to the um, to the challenges for sure. Like we, you almost always can pick it. Um, at one, one of my negatives is, um, sorry, I'm just going to jump in, um, okay. is this going to tribal and not eliminating, like the mm. going to tribal to vote on who got reward. I was like, I was so furious. I was like, no, this is sacrilege. Like tribal is for voting people out. It's not like that should have been done on the beach that like, I, I'm yeah. Completely. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> authenticity of tribal council and what that means it was a bit weird to have that happen in that location but i think like i i quite like the twist of getting everyone to vote for the hero or vote for someone to go for this ultimate reward because when it comes to revealing where people stand in an alliance it's easy if you've got the majority to say us five are going to vote this person out but when you have to then decide Mm -hmm. who do we put above the rest does that start people questioning of like where their true alliances are within that alliance? So I thought that was a good twist to have, but yeah, I think maybe not at tribal council because it takes mm. away from, yeah. 
the authenticity of that. The what mm-hmm. you guys were saying, sorry, what you guys were saying about um uh, how you now view the episodes now doing a podcast. I feel like I can't watch any TV show the same. <laughs> <laughs> I start questioning the edit on everything I watch. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, I've definitely become a person that nobody wants to watch movies or TV shows with anymore because, you know, since we expanded into doing other TVs and movies sort of products, mm-hmm. I've just gotten so used to taking a notepad with me and writing down notes. And a lot of the time I'm trying to find things to try and be funny about, still, you know, trying to iron those bits out. But, um, it yeah, it comes down to you, you nitpick the most tiniest things. <laughs> and it's kind of like, wow, you've become one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's just to me, I think you, you touched on it there, Kyle, and kind of just, and also there, uh, Jake and Cassie, about just these non-elimination ones, I, I stand by the fact that I, I believe Survivor is a one episode a week show, and I think that it's on paper, it sounds great to have multiple episodes, it sounds great to have 24 contestants over 55 days, but just not when you have these, like, they're turning it into a, a Big Brother Amazing Race where you, you're second-guessing whether it's going to be an elimination episode or not. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the positive heading into the merge is, I think, mathematically, we will not have any more non-elimination episodes. We've had, what, three, four now, which is the same we had last season. Um, so, I think we kind of, we're done with it now, so that's one positive. But I just, it just, to me, it doesn't work. And, like, kind of going on these twists, I have nothing against the twists that they're doing, but... Like, mutiny is a great twist on paper, but not a tribal council. You know, that was just a massive cock tease and a half. And it was just, <laughs> it was just so, you know, I just, I was not a fan. And yeah, I agree. The, the, the voting for that ultimate reward, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, the only thing I disagree with it is that I don't think it should be done at tribal. Um, and I like totally. the twist on paper is great. But again, we, we don't need that. It, I think. There's a, there's, I think we had a, a user tweet into us, and I think they describe it perfectly, that Channel 10 have got a great product here. They're just working out what to do with it. And it's yep. kind yep. of... They, they've they got so many elements. They're ticking off the boxes so well, but there's just still little problems that they're having to work out. It's, again, like... I don't know how many of you guys watched the New Zealand one. That kind of frustrated me with the two episodes a week because the editing was so slow-paced. But at least the New Zealand version would have an elimination every episode, whether it be Redemption Island or a vote-out. So they still kind of had a a format, whereas we don't know half the time whether it's going to be a vote-out or not. So that's my biggest flaw with it. I also think kind of... um, just a few little things with the editing. Again, this is really nitpicky. I feel we've had a lot of storylines that have just gone nowhere. I mean, we might talk about some of these. I think we've got a listener question about this. Like, the cookie storyline, do we really need to waste an episode and a half on that? Um, you know? Oh, I loved Luke and Jericho. I'm sorry. I'm sticking up for the cookie the cookie storyline. I love everyone. To. I love Jericho's just, like, complete insanity of sprinkling cu- cookie dust on everyone. That made no sense at all, yeah. and it was just amazing to watch. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my hand in there. Okay. No, you put your hand in the cookie oh. jar. That's fair enough. <laughs> I think when you've got so many... Um, so many characters out there so early on, there's, there's got to be something that doesn't just feel random. And I, so I was all for a bit of that, for a bit of fun and getting to know who, who Jericho is. Um, because, and, and then it makes you think, well, geez, we hardly heard from Ben. We hardly heard from Odette. So what were the, what were the heck have they been up to when yeah. even they still <laughs> chose not to sort of check in with those guys? And we got things like the Cookie Alliance, which I'm not, I'm not going to give up here. I'm, I'm hoping this comes back to bite Jericho in the ass, um, especially once they all merge. 
Um, there's, there's every chance because there are people there that are going to say, hey, um, what happened when because uh, Tarzan brought back this wood. He uh, he talked about this cookie or not. And um, that could just, that could come out uh, still. I hope it so, does. I hope they can hope kind of retcon it from one side to the other. I really do. But uh, I got a feeling they won't, though. That's just my opinion on that. Yeah, I feel like it's going nowhere. There was nothing else happening in the summer at that point in time. So I guess that was <laughs> what we had to talk about on that camp. And I think too, um, it's kind I'm, of, I'm still hopeful. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, I think kind of that's an issue that they have with it when you're saying that there's not much going on in that camp. We, we kind of seem to like... Because I guess we've really had a big swing in terms of the tribes, haven't we? Like, Summertow was losing all the time, and now it's a Sunga losing all the time. So, yeah. you know, like, what what did we see, for example, this week from um, uh, Summertow? It was kind of just a little bit of, oh, Henry's a bit of a threat. Oh, yeah, maybe we should go after him. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, I mean, like, I understand that you want to probably switch a little bit more focus on to a Sunga because they're losing, and they obviously don't go to the way you survive in New Zealand did it, where we're getting unnecessary scenes of the winning tribe sitting around camp talking about rice. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think there's a fine line. And, look, again, I think, you know, this is only the second season Channel 10 has done. If you compare it to the second season CBS did of Australia, of Survivor in the Australian Outback, they're still ironing out the kinks. Uh, and, obviously, we're all Survivor fans, so we expect it to be prime and polished like the US version. But I, I personally feel once Channel 10 can kind of get over a few of these kinks, I think they need to reduce it. I still stand by that. Um but I still think they've got a great product here, which I hope they stick with. And I'm not trying to be just critical for critical sake because I think somebody went off at me on Twitter the other day going, oh, if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's like, well, I, I, I do like <laughs> okay. it. Um, and even if I don't like, I mean, I fucking sat through Redemption Island, people. I do like Survivor and I watch it no matter what. Um, but it's, you know, it's you want it to be what you know it is. Like, one thing I'll say, Amazing Race, when they did that, the Australian version, I preferred the Australian version more than the American version because it was just basically a carbon copy of the American one but with Australians. Um, <laughs> and that's not saying I hate Americans, but, yeah, I'm going on a random rant here. Sometimes people need to just jump in and shut me up. I do this a lot. <laughs> that's okay. I'll do, to, to play devil's advocate, I guess... Please do. <laughs> Channel 10, um, you know, they, they've got to reach that sort of broad audience and the, I think the way their programming goes with their, their quarterly stuff and I'm... Sorry, getting a little bit insider here, but I think they're stuck in this position where they need to have X amount of episodes and they need to take up X amount of weeks to just kind of cover their schedule. And this is them still learning, okay, if we can't kick someone out every episode, what can we do to still make it interesting? And I think it's an improvement on last year. And, you know, their, their social media has gone absolutely gangbusters this year. And I know they're, they're probably listening in. They're paying attention. And, Sassy uh, social media interns. Can we just add? My goodness, they've hired some good interns this year, Channel 10. <laughs> their Twitter game's not bad. Their, their Twitter response game, like, they're actually pretty on it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. When they don't take, they also like tend to go off at you sometimes, which is kind of fun to like toy with them. Uh, just try <laughs> try that out next time when you're tweet, live tweeting. Like bait them and see how much they go off you. It's fun. <laughs> All right, we're doing that, Jake. Love it. I mean, I think yeah, these. I, I would like, agree if, with that. Sorry, yeah, go, Carl. Even if we don't particularly like these non-elimination episodes or the certain twists, it gets us talking. It gets people talking, and that's yep. publicity for the show. So we can bitch about it if we like. 
as long as we're still talking about it and it's getting becoming more popular, that's that's the goal. The one thing I just want to add on that, so I don't complain, completely sound like the negative Nancy, is that there's there's no way you can't give props to Channel Ten because as I've always said, if this was still on Channel Nine or it was a Channel Seven show, they wouldn't have brought this back for another season. Channel Ten are consistent; yeah. they don't always listen to the ratings. They are a network that will listen to the fans. They look at social media. I mean, I fucking hate the Bachelor. No offense if you like the Bachelor, but like, I mean, at least they kind of pay attention to that because I don't know anybody who watches it but they like the social media side of things and just the band it gets talked on you know rubbish like news.com.au it, they keep it there for sort of consistency level and you know they, they are what the third tier commercial network in this country but they at least give shows more of a chance and i think that's big props to channel 10 because i i don't think if channel 9 brought this back they would be keep going with it to be honest mm-hmm. no absolutely you uh, in, and in, in my workplace um you cannot turn around without talking to someone who is watching The Bachelor. And if I mention Survivor, they just give me a blank. Do you stare. work at Channel Ten, Chris? Uh. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, and but then apparently there's 1.4 million people watching The Block, and I could not find a single person that is watching that show. And then oh, the one podcast produced oh, by the fucking TV network. <laughs> uh, you, you, you've got you've got a you've got a block watcher on the line Gee, right now. Don't oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's fun having you, Kyle. Uh, thanks for joining us. That wasn't me. I wasn't. No, that, was that Jake? It's Cassie. Oh, oh, Cassie. Oh, she's a silent one here all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I liked oh, you there, Cassie, but um, maybe. I'm ready to vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to vote too. <laughs> I don't to play here at this point. <laughs> All right, let's change the topic, guys. Yes, uh, look at you, you're professional. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess kind of, I mean, going into the merge, I mean, it's kind of interesting to look at, I guess, who's hot in terms of the players. I mean, look, you can talk about their attractiveness level if you really want to, but I mean, I guess kind of, we we used to, on the Survivor Oz days, kind of ask people who do you think's going to win, but I, I kind of open in that question now as to... Especially now with what uh, twelve people left, it's more of a case like you can probably lump in say three or four people as to who can win a middle group there who can maybe win, maybe not, and then you've got a few that I think just can't win. So I guess in terms of who I personally think is in a good position, who's hot, who can win. I mean, my preseason pick was Annalise, and this is like the longest I've ever had a preseason pick go in a long time since like Kelly Wentworth, I think. So um, I'm kind of sort of happy about that but I'm looking at Ziggy and Sarah right now as two key ones Uh, I think Jared all of a sudden has found himself in a pretty decent position Um, I mean I personally am looking at them I still think a female might win this I know Jared's not a female but um, yeah and I I kind of you know someone like Luke who I, I so many people I think have underestimated in this game I personally underestimated him a lot. Um, I think kind of some comments I may have made about him prevented AK from wanting to talk to us. That's another story. Um, but I, I really, I think he can win, but I, me personally, I think he's getting set up for a blindside, like a big blindside. It wouldn't surprise me if like he does win, though, just in terms of how he's turned his gameplay around rather than just being this aloof character to somebody who's actually basically in control of a tribe all of a sudden. I don't know how the hell that happened, but... Obviously, this is a little bit difficult to talk coming into a merge, as we were, I think, saying in terms of how many different power plays we've got at this point. If we were here in a week's time, we'd obviously have a bit more of a clearer picture. But personally, from my opinion, if I was a betting man and with the amount of betting agencies that are shoving ads down my throat, I really should become one because apparently it's so easy to win money these days. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at someone like Annalise, Sarah, 
Ziggy uh, with Luke just hanging on there on the cusp of they're my four and Jared five that I think really <laughs> well let's just go through all of them just add a few more um, yeah, yeah. well these but are the following 12 I think can win <laughs> everybody wins yeah. you've taken all the uh, you've taken all the good names because I um, <laughs> I asked the, the guys today on the group chat and um, like we've we've been pretty high on Ziggy um, yeah she's she's had some really you know she had a couple of big episodes where um, when that AK alliance was established she, she became a, a really strong part of that but She's always kept this relationship going with Lockie, you know, even in the, the, you know, they partner up in challenges and she's not completely shut him down um, even when he lost uh, Tara. And we know that with the merge, we're going to see Lockie and and Annalise, Sarah, um, uh, sort of start to come together. And I think Ziggy can be part of that. We know she's got the idol. She's got another cancellation idol. Um, I've sort of had her... Um, now, <laughs> with the advantage of all these other people kicked out, um, that's where we're sort of looking towards with a winner. Um, and don't feel too bad about your picks. On this piece of paper in front of me, I've got uh, next to Adam, I've got winner written there. He was the poker player. <laughs> um, and then I've written first out on Henry because I thought he was the the, a, the bit of a joker where they were like, oh, they're only telling us about his fake yoga plan so that he gets you know booted out at the beginning. But um, so no, don't don't stress too much about picking survival winners because um, I'm way off over here. <laughs> uh, Brian also picked uh, Adam for his winner pick, yeah. and <laughs> what a trend I feel. <laughs> yeah, mine mine was Mark Wales, so I didn't do much better either. Um, what were we thinking? Um, but it sounds like we've all got our eyes on the same people here. We Brian and I have been looking at Sarah for a while now. She's been kind of consistently there but not too prominent up until this point up until just recently and i think she's definitely someone who's going to be hot to watch in the merge to see how she manipulates those social relationships that she's built i think it makes her a target as well but that's going to make it really interesting to see how she maneuvers that um and then ziggy is just going to kill it with individual challenges I think that also makes her a threat, but I think she's in with enough people that the arrow is going to fire at a few of the other physical threats first. Completely. I'm concerned about Luke going into the merge. I feel like he could be one that people gang up on going into this. Uh, just, just because of his history, people know that he can be a bit crazy. Maybe they can't trust him enough. Um, I want to see him go far, but I'm concerned that the majority is going to pile on there. He could be his own worst enemy in with all the, now that he's back to a big group and if things don't go his way, <laughs> we, we've seen what he's like. He, he could be the, the person that gets Luke out could be Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, um, most likely. Oh, we, we always yep. do a, Cassie and I always do a, we watch the first episode and then we pick our winners. Um, uh, so we always wait till the end of the first episode. Uh, and I gotta say, all we we do a first pick and a sup each, and all four of our picks and sups are still in. So this is um, beginner's wow. luck, Jake. Yeah, You're not so... actually that good at this. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no, but we've been doing this pre-podcast. We do. Yeah. The, we've been doing this for the last like. But two have we years. ever picked a winner? No, I've I've picked a runner-up. Oh, I picked a winner, and I picked Tyson once. Anyway, point. Who was your anyway, <laughs> who was your winner, Cassie? I want to know. Uh, Adam. Oh, Adam. good job. Yeah. And it was, it was, I always pick middle of the road people, as you'll see with my picks coming up. So. Yeah. So, so my, so, so my lead pick this season uh, after episode one was Jared, uh, 
who I think sitting pretty well. I think like we haven't seen a lot of him, um, but whenever we do see him, he's like definitely like a thinker, and he's definitely playing like a really subtle game. Um, but I think he's like really smart and is really good with people. And he's in a good position going into the merge. I reckon I put him in alliance of four at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then my 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 sort of my backup pick is Jericho, who, ooh, yeah, that's not that's not looking too great at the moment. But you know, you know, it's Survivor, so anything can happen. And my yeah, like I said, my system's always been go for someone who's I think is going to be under the radar at first, but will come into their own at the merge. And so my pick was Peter. And, I mean, he's still there. I forget that he's there half the time, but <laughs> he's still there. Um, and my sup was Lockie, and I'm amazed Lockie's made it this far. I do not have high hopes for him, but, you know, you never know. He might do all right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm. I, I'd agree with pretty much everything everyone said. I mean, I think the only names we really didn't mention, that a lot of them will no doubt mention in who's not. Um, but it's kind of um, the way I sort of look at a lot of this too is – particularly with how Christy won last season, spoiler alert if no one out there seen season three slash season one, um, it, it's kind of, it's it's weird to kind of look at some of these players and think that some of these, you know, like out of nowhere, Tessa could win considering she's been invisible. Like she was prominent at the start and she's <laughs> kind of visible now. Who knows? Because that was kind of a bit like Christy last season. But, um, you know, if you compare it, to, compare it to a lot of like these US seasons in terms of how generally a, a winner is edited, it's, it's, it is quite rare now in the US one for somebody to get a very prominent edit, you know, a la like a Rob from Redemption Island or, you know, a, a Tony or, or a Mike, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, they, they do subtly edit the winners a lot more in the US season than they have in the past. And I feel they did that deliberately last year with Christy. I don't know if that necessarily came down to the fact that she really didn't have a lot to show because we had this, you know, group of friends basically controlling it for a long period of time. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is where I think kind of going to about what we're saying about this merge right now, about how we've got so many different elements here coming into it. And, like, similar, I think that's a good way of looking at to predict a winner there, Jake and Cassie, like, watch the first episode. And as I said, like, I think in a week's time, we'll be a lot clearer on being able to answer this question, uh, like, who's hot and who's in with a shot. But, um, hey, that rhymed. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it's kind of interesting how we all kind of shared the same names there. And really, like, mm-hmm. there's, what, a group of four or five there, I think we can all agree on that have a decent shot of winning here. So, um, I mean, I've, it's, just, well, it's great. Four different shows coming together, talk about the same show, and we sort of come out the same yeah. answer. <laughs> Although I've never picked a winner, and there's one podcast here. <laughs> Clearly, it's, it's, all their picks are still alive, so I think we know who the truth. <laughs> did you have a preseason pick, Chris, like before this game? Um, it, well, yeah, that it was Adam. I thought oh, it was Adam. You was, yeah, sorry, the, yeah, yeah, the poker player... And with a bit of maturity, I thought this year, given the way the first season played out, um, another almost Lee type would be able to just, with someone with their wits about them, would be able to kind of get around it. But we've seen so many X, X factors this year. See, um, I, I, my argument against the Adams scenario was the poker player thing, because I compared it to US Survivor, where the poker player looks great on paper, but they're always shit. Whereas, oh, yeah. like, in, in, in Australian Survivor, this is why someone like Ziggy, to me, also has got all the uh, statistics running for her. Two out of the three seasons of Australian Survivor, if you count season one or two, have been won by professional athletes, and we had a runner-up last year in professional athletes. So if you do the professional athlete argument, Ziggy's a lock for final two. Yeah, fair call. Although the, the poker player in American Survivor is always the flashy guy with the weird hat. Um, <laughs> you know, with all the with all the puns, and that was my argument was was that I'd watched Adam's pre interview and he didn't give one poker pun away, and I was like, no, this guy's serious. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. that didn't pan out at all. So I like yeah. Adam. <laughs> yeah, I, 
it sort of felt for him. Did Did yeah. you want to move on to the uh, the who's not? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm happy to go last here, considering I went first that time around, so I don't steal everybody's answers. If somebody wants to jump in here first, <laughs> well, I, I, there's only I've got one here. So I asked the guys again, and um, Fiona said she gave me two words. The second word was Tara. The first one was a swear word. So <laughs> that's about it. And then I, I would mention Odette as well. I mean, she's gone now, but, um, you know, that, that was quite interesting. She openly said, my strategy is to not strategize. And it seemed even more low-key than sort of Christie's last year. Christy sort of played this story of, like, you know, the, the big reveal that was that I was playing you all along. Whereas Odette was just like completely open, saying, "Look, the second you guys start strategizing, I'm just going to wander down the beach." Um, and so she said, "You know, that, that's a, it's a little bit disappointing when you you want to see all these people out there playing hard." And um, I, I think it's a good it's a good time to talk about Jared, who, if there was anyone that could argue that maybe they were playing a low key game and that that there was a good way to go about it, I think we're seeing that from Jared and his game. Um, a, a bit low key, but still got his wits about him, and and he's playing that in a very deliberate way. Um, so, big ups to to Jared. But um, yeah, does anyone else want to just keep talking about Tara, or should I? <laughs> <laughs> Are we wasting um, some time? Go fucking Tara. <laughs> I, I, I'm like so over Lockie. I got to say, like, yeah. and I don't know. It's like. In challenges, like, he has this thing, like, in the last challenge. Like, and I don't know if this was the whole of Samantar, but they, they like, sat Jared out and kept Lockie in a challenge where it's holding your own weight, which is madness. And I don't know whether that's, like, the fault of the whole that whole tribe or whether Lockie was just kind of like, I must be in this challenge. Um, I don't know. Um, um, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. Sorry for the Lockie hate. He's, he's probably lovely. Well, Jay, I guess, if, you, yeah. if you're going to shit on my pick, I'm going to shit on your pick a bit. I reckon Jericho <laughs> is is honestly screwed. Like, I have, I, I, I still haven't really come around to Luke. I mean, I have somewhat, like, Jake's trying to talk, talk me around. But, like, his chaos, which I get is a strategy, but Jericho is just riding on chaos's coattails. It's like you're, you're not – he did had no idea what was going on at that last tribal where – I've forgotten who went home, but someone went home. He he's just oblivious. I I honestly I'm not that impressed by Jericho. He's strange. He's I think like and I'm not saying he's a person. Well, I mean he's a little bit, but like I think we've <laughs> kind of we've labelled him as like one of the weirdest Survivor contestants. Not just because of his personality, but just in terms of where he is in the game. Like he's yeah. just he's just somebody that I feel you can't even compare to any other players. He's just kind of he's all over the shop with personality and strategy, and it's it's kind of like weird to analyze him. He's not thinking about it. That's the sense I get. Yeah. He's just going with whatever, and it's not. He, he's not analysing what's going on. And that's what I've seen. I mean, great. That's a very unique strategy. But I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. as podcast hosts, how the hell are we meant to read that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. for Jericho, he seems to have a different perception of what's going on to everybody else. And yeah. I think the the storyline with his cookies as well. Like, I think for everyone else, that's nothing. For him, that's everything. Like he's got his army. That was that was a thing. That was his strategy. And so, and I think this, you know, showing like how he's bringing Sarah and Luke together, it was almost like, but but you guys have to be together. You're part of my army. It's just like to see anything outside of that was, you know, wasn't part of Jericho logic. So I think like if he if he made it to the end, he'd probably try to articulate what his strategy was. But I don't think anyone's buying it, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it has gotten him to the end. 
It's a good point. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And just briefly um, back on Tara, like, I get that she sucks, but at least she knows <laughs> that she sucks. Like, she admits it readily. She does, yeah. This is, I, I think Tara, the thing that. with Tara, like, I know everyone in the world hates her. I, I've always been indifferent on Tara. I don't hate or love her. She's just kind of, you know, she's a great reality TV casting. Like, she's mm-hmm. definitely that person oh, that yeah. you need to have someone like that in a show like this. And believe me, I can see why people hate her just because she does come across very hypocritical, particularly how she's in power, not in power, in power, not in power, you know, calling out Lockie in a challenge. Go, Lockie! It's like, you're not on his tribe! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I mean, she's, she's reality casting gold, and I would almost go out on a limb and say a lock for an all-star season, whether we want to think about that or not. Because, again, oh, sure. she's divisive as a character, but I when I, when we were live tweeting, I would often just tweet an accurate picture of Tara right now and just post a picture of a goat. I mean, I think she's like <laughs> yeah. she's the classic person you need to if it's a final three, which I don't know if it will be or not. But yeah, take her to the end because she's not going to get any votes at the end, surely. And I think and she's she's not going to be able to talk anyone round at the tribal as well. She'd just like, yell she's at them, not wouldn't articulate. she? Like yeah, she'd just go surely. off with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and that last that last episode where like she just didn't realise what Luke had said to her. Yes. Like, where Luke, <laughs> was, Luke was like, don't tell, like, I'm going to tell Jericho this because I can't convince him to vote Sarah. <laughs> and then she just sits down with Jericho and was like, so we're voting Sarah? And Jericho's like, no, we're voting Peter. And she's like, that's not what. If you and have Luke like, and Jericho on, telling you what they've said and explaining it to you, something's wrong, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> But she's great. Like, like I, I think yeah. she's awesome. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's really fun to watch, even though, like, I get frustrated by her. But it's yeah. great having someone like that, like, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And it, look, look, I've been very critical of Henry's choices. I think since Henry stepped out of the, the tribe uh, and swapped over and, you know, cost poor old Jackie and, you know, poor old Kent um, positions in this game, uh, I, I just thought that was such a stupid move. And I just think oh. he, he comes across as aware. I just don't think he is that aware. And, like, I don't necessarily feel he can't go towards the end. And if a lot of these power players get taken out and he's the only one last man standing, like Lockie and Luke go and he's the last one standing, then for sure I think he can get far. I just don't think he can win. I just I just don't think he is as aware as he thinks he is. And that's going to lead him down a garden path where he's going to get a blindside. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that move of Henry to swap tribes was like madness. And even if it had like sort of worked in a way and Jackie and Kent hadn't gone, he's <laughs> his his thinking that like Jackie's gonna be still friends with him. Like yeah. he, you know, oh I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back and I'll be friends with everyone. No way. If Jackie's in now, like if Jackie was in, she's gonna be so mad at Henry exactly. for leaving with that idol. I don't I don't think it was that bad a move to swap Jake. I really don't think it was that bad. I think like he he genuinely felt like it was pretty solid on his side. Obviously he was wrong about that. And I get that that makes it not such a good move, but getting that experience on both sides, I don't think that terrible an idea and he's not out. So obviously he managed it. That's I don't true. know. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree a little bit because I think Henry looked at this uh, situation and he, he was thinking resume. He's like, I'm in a really good spot right now. Um, he's kind of said, stuff it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make this move. And if I look back at my current tribe, everything should be in order. And I know you you can't ever just assume anything in Survivor, but it's like if this if this pays off, um, that's a huge um, you know uh, something that he can add to that resume down the track. And while it did backfire on him, and that was not his intention, I still think he's in a, he's in a pretty good 
position at the moment because I think he'll, you know, he's got that idol and, and some of the other guys are emerging across and he'll probably make connections. He's made connections with Sarah. So um, I kind of was just like, well, yeah, go for it. Go, You know, you can play it smart, but um, that's what I sort of I was thinking at the time. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Chris, actually. that That's definitely a good point. For his resume, it's awesome because, like, you know, if he gets to the end, he can say, well, I made this huge, crazy move and it worked. I think it was pretty bold to nominate himself. I think if, like, the tribe had, like, suggested him and he was like, yep, if that's what you guys want, maybe they would have seen it more favorably rather than him putting his hand up. But he certainly had some safety nets with an idol and also Ben had already said he would go. So I think (laughs) if it was coming down to one of the newbies getting voted out, he probably had a strong argument that he was going to be better in the challenges for that tribe than Ben. So I feel like he sort of had... Yeah, I feel like he would have had him to throw under the bus. Um, at well, that point. One person that I think none of us have mentioned, which is surprising because this person loves nothing more than to hear her name mentioned, is Michelle. Um, I mean, I, I don't know where to read her at this point because she made that great move last week to kind of get herself into, you know, off the bottom right up there. But then it's mm-hmm. kind of, where is she now? Because... She thinks she's in a good position, and but it's going to be interesting how this all changes around because she's spent half a time on a Sanger, half a time on Summertow, so she's probably got a good mix with these people more so than some others. Um, and I mean, I don't think she's necessarily in a position she can't win. I don't think she's necessarily in a position she can win. She kind of goes about what we're saying about how this is that part of the game you can really group them into who can win, who can't win, and who's in the middle. I think maybe she's the proverbial middle player here right now. I mean, you might argue Tessa, but, I mean, the argument against Tessa is kind of she hasn't had an edit since her, you know, AK days. So Mm. I would put her more in the can't-win category just on her edit alone. But, again, going back to what I was saying about Christy, that's hard to read. But, yeah, I I don't know how all of you guys read Michelle right now. I'm I'm kind of just in that middle point with her at this point. I think she's played well, but she's had her negatives as well. Yeah, I... I tend to think people like, well, I'm actually thinking of Jared here saw her potential and what she can do when she got herself off the bottom. He, I mean, I think he did have a cutaway where he talked about it that like she turned everyone and that is scary. And so I think she sort of gave herself up a little bit about that. I mean, if I had to, I, I agree with you. I think both Michelle and Tessa are in that sort of middle, but I would put Tessa above Michelle because I think Michelle maybe played her cards a bit early. Well, no, she had to to get herself off the bottom, but people saw it. People realised what she was doing. Yeah, I agree. She did what she had to do in that tribal, um, and she did amazingly. That like Her speech in that tribal to get the vote off her was amazing, but I think everyone's going to see that as like, oh, my God, she can play, and that, you know, who knows what will happen, but, yeah, potentially she's in a bit of a risky spot. Yeah, I can see it, Michelle it, getting the, the majority pile on vote at the merge if if it's all a bit... Shaky, kind of like what we saw with the truce vote to take out Odette. I could see Michelle falling victim to something like that as well, where people perhaps just don't know where she's going to fall, don't know if they can trust her or what she's saying to other people. So maybe she's the safe bet that we all go, Michelle. I agree with that. Kyle, that is exactly what I was about to say. You said exactly, you know, it's that, who do we do? We can't get ourselves organised just yet. Let's just get on Michelle. Uh, especially if she keeps um, the annoying, you know, some of the, the more annoying tenders. Like if Lockie declares that he's just tired of her, you know, you, you can see people falling um, and following that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, pre, the pre-merge votes in a way are almost like the first vote so often where it's just like this, like, shit, someone needs to go, not me, not me. I, 
I don't know. That, that's sort of my thought, and it's all, it almost yeah. could be a position like that, like you know, it's consolidating alliances. And, and I think too, yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure if it, if it falls the same way as last season, then whoever is first voted out at this merge will also be the jury. I mean, I know last season the first member of the merge wasn't on the jury, but in terms of the numbers, first jury member last season, Nick, he was 13th voted out. So the next person to be voted out will be 13th voted out because the merge has mm-hmm. happened two places later this season. So, um, yeah, also I think maybe that can come into play slightly, but not really. I don't think a lot of people necessarily think about the jury. I'm just countering my own opinion there. Um, but, yeah, I think that's something to note, which because... Yeah, it's it's interesting that the merge is like two positions later this season. Um, I guess kind of. I mean, we've got a few listener questions which we'll get to, which are fantastic because a lot of these will go. A lot of some opinions I think we've got, but I just I think I'm, I want to give a final two prediction here because I think kind of we talked about you know who's hot, who's not, and uh, you know again I think uh, Jake and Cassie you're on the money there in terms of uh, doing it at the end of the first episode. Uh, but I guess kind of leading into the merge, this is probably the worst time to do our final two, which is between this and a week's time. Because, <laughs> no. um, you know, I guess on my luck, I'm, one of these people will probably get voted out next week. Um, my final two right now, if I had to choose a final two, uh, I'm going to choose Ziggy and Annalise, not purely because I want my winner's pick to get to the end, because I think Ziggy would win that final two. I just think kind of they've got that connection with that idol. Obviously, Annalise has got the idol. Uh, Ziggy's got an idol, and I think that's kind of like a hidden pairing that uh, some people don't necessarily know is still there. So I'm just kind of based that on that alone. It's probably a terrible prediction because, uh, as I said before, it wouldn't surprise me if Tara makes it to the end, mainly if it's a final three, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm my final two, I'm going to say it here live and loud, uh, Ziggy and Annalise. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's, not, that's not bad. I've... Can I say, can I go with the final three? Will you, will you guys let me uh, do a final yeah, three? I think we can all grant him permission for that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Thanks, guys. Um, can I do a final five? No. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to do a final 12, uh, if that's the case. <laughs> uh, I've got Henry, Ziggy, and Tara. I think Tara is definitely almost like a lock for, for reasons you mentioned earlier. You know, at this stage, why would you not have her there at the end uh, if you can? And idols with Henry, idols with Ziggy, um, I th- that's my final three, but I I want Jared to be there, and I also think Sarah is the smoky because I think every time we've seen a bit of gameplay from her this year, um, she did a bit of groundwork um, with with Annalise, and she's been very um, with all the sort of the yelling that was coming towards her last episode. She was so cool, calm, and collected. Like nothing flusters seems to fluster Sarah at all, um, and I think she's the the smoky in all this. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Sarah. I think we've seen the beginning of her winner's edit with the last couple of episodes. I feel like it was Sarah's close call. She almost went then, and now she's going to ride it to the end. Um, I'm going to go with her taking Jericho along for the ride to sit beside her. Um, so lock That's that in as my final two. Um, and if we're having a third, we're probably going to bring Tara along as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, um, I think I think Cassie and I have to go with Jared and Peter because that's Peter can know. be Jared's goat. Yeah, yeah. I oh, totally. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. and because we've seen Jared's them, we've seen them with a bit of a bond. Um, if I'm going purely off the editing of the show, I'm going to say Ziggy and Sarah because that weird like Ziggy edit like five episodes in where she's diving 
Yes. was like I was just like that has winner written all I think over you actually it. Said that. Yeah, no, 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 mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I it, it did, but I'm not going to go off that because I'm hoping Channel Ten haven't, you know, have spoilers. <laughs> Come on. Um. So yeah, I don't know. For me, it's Jared and Pete. Yeah, let's commit. Yeah, we're committing. Yeah, there we you're go. Both, you're both locking that in. Wow. Yeah, there yeah you let's go. do it. Jared, Jared wow. to win. Peter as his goat. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I like it. Wow, we've got some very diverse opinions there. That's what we. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want from this mega podcast. Um, got some listener questions here, which uh, I've got here. Which I guess, as I was sort of mentioning, a lot of these cover a variety of different opinions. And I know you guys would have seen a few of these in terms of the tweets that we got sent. So I might get to the ones we got on Twitter first, and then we'll get to these fun ones that uh, at least got sent on my side here. Um, this one was from Twitter user Benno Cook. Um, is that is that your Ben there, Chris, or is this a different um, Ben the Cook? Well, let's see. Depending on the yeah, I know the question as well. So, all right, well, I'll own him. I'll take him. Yeah, that that's our Ben. Okay, um, good yeah. name, good, good bloke. <laughs> um, the the question that Benno Cook sends sends in: Give each of these survivors a wrestling entry song. Jay and the Power Couple, Luke, Lockie, Jared, Sarah, and Tara. That's um, that's a very interesting one. That's really, really difficult. Can we give them first? Can we give them stripper songs instead? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's wrestling, right? I They're just pretty got... much naked anyway. <laughs> it's real. I, I, I sort of um, struggle with this one. And and can we just Eye of the Tiger is out? Yeah, like everyone just put that aside. <laughs> and um, same with Survivor by Destiny's Child. Correct, Survivor. Let's just get rid of those. Um, I don't know. Does anyone want to jump in? Uh, I think Luke's got to be like. I don't know, like something off the Eight Mile soundtrack. By I was Eminem. thinking Eminem. I was literally just thinking Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> or, you or lose by, yourself, right? <laughs> or something by Bruce Springsteen because you know he's the boss. <laughs> uh, Tara's like White Snake or something. Bogan. <laughs> he is Journey. Asia. Journey. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> you sure it's not Lee Kernigan or someone like that? With the... oh, Shannon Knoll. Yeah. Shannon Knoll. Yes. 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 yes, Shannon Knoll. Drive by Shannon Knoll or something like that. you got a lift. Yeah. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> oh, that would have been Ben. Yes, yes, that's it. Shannon Knoll, what about me? It's right there the whole time. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, Lockie would have to be some sort of what's like a gym anthem, you know, like buff, you know, macho man. That's probably a bit too cliche. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're good no at this idea. one. <laughs> it's it's definitely something Australiana. We um we we did it. We, one week we were kind of making fun of his tattoos a little bit. Um, he's got the uh, Fiona predicted that he would have a Southern Cross somewhere tattooed somewhere on him, and then. We got this really nice long shot one episode of the the, the artwork on his back, and um, and then he, he actually tweeted at us and said, "Come on, guys, I was only sixteen. So um, points. <laughs> it's to- a map of the world, isn't it? Is, has he got the map of the world? It's it's Australia. No, it's it's um it's the it's the the outline of Australia, and then there's a brand logo in there. I can't remember the name of it, and it right. looks like he's tattooed over the top of maybe like an older sort of something or other. So. Um, he he totally owned up to it on Twitter. So, but very very uh, Australiana. Wow. Hmm. JLP's yeah. has got to be welcome to the jungle, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like. Yeah. Sarah Sarah's got to be some sort of like um, 
I don't know, what's like a strong, powerful, like a Beyonce woman song? Like, you know, like, yeah, get the girls pumping because she's doing so well, you know? Like, I don't... I, <laughs> it's Survivor 2, Beyonce music here, I don't know. <laughs> Big Beyonce <laughs> fan here. Uh, uh, Survivor, maybe, by uh, Destiny's Child? Destiny's I thought we weren't allowed to use that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really good at this question. This is one we all saw, so... <laughs> we might come back to it if we think of some more. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one here too. That, oh, Benno Cook sent in too. This is another one he sent in. There are three spare seats on an interstate bus. One next to Kent, one next to Sam, and one next to Tara. Who has snacks? Who do Kent. you sit next to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Sorry. my seat. Sorry. No, no. Well, we're in Adelaide and we're, you know, we're going to head out of Adelaide with Kent. So, sorry, we've got Kent. I can't go on an interstate bus. I'm live on an island, so I'm. Kind of <laughs> Thanks, Beno. I'm I'm eating the snacks. I'm sitting next to Tara and eating the snacks. It'd be a fun ride with Tara, though. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, we'd have a yarn. So well, I guess Sam... I guess it leaves me sitting next to Sam uh, on the on the bus trip. Um, yeah. I'll come and say good day for some snacks, um, but I'll happily go back and. <laughs> You'll be in a relationship by the end of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a holding ad soon. I'm going to fly Ben and Adet down on Tiger Airways to Hobart, and we're going to go up Mount Wellington. That's that's what I'm going to do. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's Talk Pods, uh, the Let's Talk Podcast handle, um, said, what do you think will be the – well, we kind of actually talked about this, didn't we? What do you think the fallout will be, if any, from Cookie Gate? Does anyone have anything to add on that? Hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think the only thing is going to be Jericho's perception of what it actually means. I don't know if there's going to be any fallout from it. Um, I think more of a fallout happens from Henry's sneaking of the idol clue to Jericho. Yeah, more than, more than Cookie Gate. Sure. Mm. And maybe that's linked to Cookie Gate because maybe Henry did it because of the cookie. No, no, that's sorry. That's a tenuous link to make. Well, I mean, look, it could be true if Channel 10 decided to edit that way. That was that was one of the snarky little um, Twitter things that they did was, um, it was it was I think that was a Kent vote out, wasn't it? Where they showed Kent sitting out of a challenge because he was injured. And then mm-hmm. that's when we saw that clue and it was just kind of shown out of context. And yeah. I remember Channel 10 that night were like, oh, all will be revealed tomorrow. And we got like a two-second reveal of why Henry did it. And we never learnt why poor old Kent sat out of that challenge. So, <laughs> yeah. the intern that night was um, not doing their job properly. So, um, I actually I actually found, I did a bit of hunting on uh, Twitter because clearly I have no life. But I found one of the uh, Channel 10 interns' actual personal account. Because so, he, was, he was complaining about a tweet that I'd sent in in his own personal account. It's like, wow, you really are pissed tonight. So, oh, oh man, you got himself do- up. Dox him yeah. here on the podcast. No, don't. don't. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Do I'm kidding. Maybe. I'm kidding. But <laughs> what, one question I've got: Does anyone have any theories as to how Luke is getting everyone's shirts? <laughs> He's a serial <laughs> shirt thief. Um, this we, we talked about this last week on our episode. Uh, um, ben theorizes that. He draws power from those that have left the game uh, by taking their clothes. So if you and the, the possibilities moving forward are, are incredible. If you think about it, from some of the girls heading off, you know, are we going to see um, Luke wearing a nice two-piece um, and tribal? But yeah, he's just helping himself. Um, and why I not? Guess, I guess I have this Luke's mental image though that that Lapaya 
snuffs the torch and then look like, you know, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, and has to stop them so they get shirtless before they walk <laughs> off down the road. Like, I, when does he get the shirt? That's what I'm confused by. That's a good point. <laughs> like, yeah. They seem to only ever have one outfit, but we know, I mean, we know from Ben in that classic moment where he'd lost his shorts um, and it turns out he was wearing them. But you, you, you know, these guys might have two sets of, you know, alternating, you know, one set of clothes one day, one set the next. So he's, mm. if, if people are coming to tribal and they don't think they're going home, then all your gear's on the beach. Um, and yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's clearly, it's all Luke's. There's no, there's yeah, no sense. debate. I love that these theories. The, where are these questions, listeners? Um, <laughs> you know, these are the big questions. Um, Elizabeth Riley uh, sent in a question. She said, what do you think of the black buffs? Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> I mean, do we have opinions? on? I, for one, uh, did they just use the leftovers from last season? Because I guess the one downside about Australian Survivor and how we can't really distinguish between the seasons, whether it's four or two, is it's the same logo this time around as last season. So I guess they had black buffs last merge. So again, this is probably just printed a few extra last season. That's why they've come back for another this season. I've got no opinion on them. They're black buffs. It's just what we're used to, right? Uh, if you were lucky enough to get a uh, promo buff that were being handed out um, on some of the streets in Melbourne before the show started, they were black buffs, and I'm pretty sure they're the same ones they're wearing uh, for the merge. So it's just keeping costs down at 10, um, just printing. <laughs> <laughs> just printing the same buff over and over and over Let's be again. honest, they need the money, so they should really be oh, selling these. It's, to, one um, shortcut. You know. it's one shortcut I'm letting them have. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else have anything about the black buffs, or is this just kind of a question we want to move on from? <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah. Welcome to the questions that we get on our show. Um, <laughs> no offence, Elizabeth, it was a nice question. Uh, Miranda sent in a question. Uh, should production come up? with better alternatives to handle non-eliminating episodes. Maybe turn every swap and merge episode into a non-boot episode so we wouldn't need pointless tribal councils for mutiny or ultimate reward voting. Craig's suggestion on the podcast earlier this week is fantastic. That was on our show. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about that, I feel, didn't we, in terms of that idea, if anybody else has anything to really add on, on Miranda's question? I, I, I just... Uh, I mean, you know, if they really could, just get rid of them. But, you know, like we said, it's about scheduling and things like that. Um, I don't know, add four extra survivors onto the island? There's enough <laughs> well, of them there anyway. <laughs> it'd help us getting on the show, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, I just just cut those episodes. I don't mind if it's uh, when the survivors are choosing their own fate. So the mutiny, for example... Like, someone's still leaving the tribe, but it's there's still some interesting dynamics in the choices that the survivors are making. I don't particularly like it when someone's getting saved by a non-elimination. So they've mm. actually gone through tribal council, and then at the end of that, they're like, psych, you're still in the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good point, Kyle. Those ones where um, people are voting to get a reward, yeah, it brings up some interesting dynamics. Or who wants to make a swap? I think we're just trained to something happening at the end of an episode and instead of ending something on a, a nice sunset and, you know, <laughs> see it tomorrow, um, they're, they're trying to give us something um, and that's what you're getting. And then, But then when you mix that in with the, the votes where people get voted but don't go home, that seems to be the straw for, for people. But I think there's absolute merit in those. Those are really interesting um, outcomes in those, hey, does anyone want to swap sides? Uh, I think we're just used to seeing it play out in a specific way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, now, Gene says, uh, some of these, I guess, are all on the similar thing. I've saved him the two best ones here. Our dear old granny survivor that we get lots of questions in for our show. I'll get to her last. But I've got a really good one here, actually, from Richard, which I'll get to in a second. But Gene says, should Australian Survivor have a more consistent airing? I don't like how the episode runtime changes night to night from 45 minutes to 60 minutes to 70 minutes. Also, non-boot eliminations shouldn't be in a 90-minute time slot and save for a shorter-length episode. If CBS takes over 10, maybe they can sort out Survivor and decrease the length to a respectable 20 to 22 episodes so someone goes home every night. I mean, again, it's kind of... We're already on that topic. We've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. it, but I think that the episode runtime one's an interesting one because I mm-hmm. think what we had this week with the, the whole mutiny twist, that was on the 90-minute episode, wasn't it? So I guess that kind of felt more drawn out. Yeah, and then the carry-on episode was kind of the same dynamics because it was the same tribe, so it felt like we had two and a half hours of really the same thing. I think for the most part, it's been fine, though. Like, the balance has been pretty good. Like, we get two challenges in a 90-minute episode. We get one generally in the one-hour episodes. It'd be interesting to see how we feel going into the next week and the next few weeks going three times a week um, and how that feels from a viewer's point of view. I'd agree with that. Are they going to three episodes a week? Yeah. yeah starting next week. We're, yeah. we're back to three a week. Get so ready. That, <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, all our cool. schedules just got screwed up on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. and, and then in two weeks, we have US Survivor starting. So who's doing a podcast for that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we kind of have yeah. to. We're sort of born to that. We've so. discussed uh, over at our oh. camp. Yeah. C- considering Four New Zealand weeks. Survivor also happened in between, it's just a non-stop Survivor all year. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think I, I think you're right, Kyle, about the managing the the two different length episodes. That having the double challenge in the ninety minute makes it not as noticeable. Like I actually don't notice it quite as much, and I think that's part of it. Is you know I think you know the single and then the, the double challenge. So. And I think personally, the the, le- the runtime hasn't been an issue. Like going back to what I was saying about how I feel Survivor's a once a week show. One thing that I will applaud Channel Ten is that for the most part, the ninety minute episode just breezes by. I don't think there's really been one episode where I've gone, "Oh fuck, we're only forty five minutes in." You know, like the one issue I had again getting tangent onto New Zealand Survivor was the editing was so poor that because they would have what like an hour and a bit episode and a forty minute episode, and there was always that hour episode that just dragged on. That was always the one that had the shit editing in. So mm-hmm. I think props in terms of even though I was negative against the editing before, I think that the, the runtime to me hasn't personally been an issue. And I'm a person who doesn't like watching TV shows on TV. I'm so used to, you know, Netflixing and downloading legally, of course, uh, and other ways of watching shows without commercials in it. So when I'm watching a show live, it gives me the shits. But, like, it, it actually, to me, from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, I barely notice it's a 90-minute episode because I think it just goes by nice and smoothly. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if, if you're going to give Survivor an extra half an hour, um, you know, there's so much content there. I think Chen 10 have done really well. And we've had some really nice moments where... You see the team strategizing before, and that's something that you rarely get in the US, unless it was going to play into tribal or something later on. Rarely do you get to see the sides going, okay, I'll, I'll you go over there, I'll go over here. Um, and so I think they use that extra time uh, really well. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Agree. Uh, this is a fantastic question by Richard, and this is something that we might even be able to be the founding fathers of and mothers, founding parents of this idea. <laughs> Because this could be born from 
all our four shows here right now, if we all want to form a panel to organise this? Because I actually legitimately think this is something that we could do. Richard sends in the question, with all of your brains put together, can you come up with the best list of six players, three men and three women from either season? I'm also obviously going to include the first two, (laughs) but it's up to you guys. Uh, Worthy of being in the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. Now, we've obviously got the Survivor Hall of Fame for the US one. We here could be the birth of the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame because I think that's a very interesting idea and I think this is a great question. A really good oh, question. Man. Do you is can you just take can you take the winners and throw them straight in or is Look, it not I that think simple? if you guys are not familiar or you are familiar with the Survivor Hall of Fame, it's it's not necessarily winners. They kind of base it it's kinda of like I guess a sporting hall of fame, you know, obviously you can put success into the equation. But I think it also comes down to a legacy that they can hold. Like, you know, like Rudy Bosch, Rupert, people like that are in the actual, you know, the the American Survivor Hall of Fame. You know, Russell's obviously in it, you know, Sandra, but then you've got <laughs> successful people like it's it's kind of just down to interpretation. That's why they have people voting on it each year in the US one, and they obviously have criteria. You know, they have to have played within a certain period and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, maybe here we can each give a, you know, three men, three women, and then, I don't know, we could always come up with just our final list here quickly on the spot. I mean, I, I love this question. I think this is a great question. And, again, I think we can be the founding parents here of an actual Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, it's nice. Sorry, quick question. Can we have Cochrane in the Australian... No. Um, so, no, okay, sorry. Okay, that's all right. Just need to know that. He appears enough in the US one for random yeah, reasons. Yeah, uh, and Spencer, he's out as well. Is it? No. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> if we're on that notion, then Brian Hardick is definitely in the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. So. Um, yeah, from, sorry. From uh, what we were talking about earlier and quickly recapping that very first uh, season of Australian Survivor, does... Um, does, does Rob need to go I straight think that in? would be my... Uh, honest to God, that would be my first option. And it's not like... There's there's reasons for that just because I think he played a fantastic game. That he's a, his is a game that I think would stand up on a lot of US seasons. Sadly, obviously, Rob has died too. So I think in terms of a legacy point of view, that would be very poignant. And I just think that... Like, we've often talked about a potential all-star season in the future, which... I personally would be an advocate for them to include some Channel 9 players from it, which they never would, clearly, because this is a Channel 10 production. Mm-hmm. But, like, if Rob was still alive, he would have to be on an All-Star season. I just, I think he's that good of a player. Um, so that would be, honestly, my first choice that I would put forward would have to be Rob Dixon, if we are including that. I mean, by all means, if you all want to outvote me here and just include the two Channel 10 seasons, that's fine. But I, I personally would just be a huge advocate for Rob Dixon being in that. No, I'll, sounds good. No arguments, man. You've got sign off. From 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 this season, uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this because in the first few episodes, I absolutely, I really didn't like him, but uh, I really came around to AK for sure. Yeah, like I just think he in this season has just like totally shined, and like you know, I I think I think he he was a bit robbed getting out so early with you know, I mean, but I, I I'd put him forward. I, agree I would that, second AK, yeah. Yeah, but definitely. You've got agreement from here as well. Yeah, he feels like Ooh. the lead character that is gone too early of yeah. all the people we've got left. Like, he's he really stood out as one of the leads. So, yeah. Was it? No, I yeah. I've got a, it's such a bad memory sometimes when it comes to these Survivor Series, but was it? Is he the first Australian we've seen who's started on, who's been on the bottom of a tribe 
has declared, I'm going to turn this around, has made moves, and then suddenly found himself in the power position with a bunch of players on his side, totally swung. Um, I, that's, like, I totally hats off to him by the, uh, by the end of the season because, again, I thought he was a big goose at the start of the season. and then, um, yeah. But he's, he had the moves to back it up. Um, and so, yeah, it is such a shame. We would love to have seen him in this MERS situation looking at everybody else's games because you know, he'd, he'd have a bit of an alliance, but he'd be recruiting people. And um, yeah. so, yeah, no, I really enjoyed AK. I definitely think AK for sure. Lock him in. Yeah. I would, I would put up, and again, a lot of this comes down to the fact that she did win, but I think kind of Chrissy's game was just unique. And while I don't necessarily, I wasn't a huge fan of her win, I just kind of think for the type of player that she was, how she managed to do it, because whether or not I can say I'm a fan of her win or not, I can't take away the way she owned that in Tribal Council. I mean, that was just yeah. an amazing performance, whether you're a fan of hers or not. And I think just for kind of that sort of real young, sort of nerdy sort of girl who really, I think everybody was so surprised that she won, um, I just kind of think that she's a, a fairly high choice in terms of a, a female on this list. Because I think as... And I, I don't mean this to sound in a particular way, but I think we're probably going to find more men on this list than women. And I'm not trying to be, you know, critical of the women uh, of Australian Survivor because I think it's, a lot of that comes down to just how it's been played and what we've seen. Um, but I, I think Chrissy would be the easiest female choice here, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And yep. I, I, th- I think she was great. In Like, I, I don't know. I, I quite liked her win. I think she, she definitely played sort of like under the radar. But in those like later episodes, we did see her. She was pretty great. Like, there was a scene, and I can't remember exactly what's happening, but she's on the beach with someone, and someone comes over, and she just fake cries to them to the point where they're like, oh, my God, oh, no, and they feel really bad for her. And then she's just kind of like, like, that was amazing. I love that. And her, her, her win at that final challenge was just like totally epic. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would totally agree with her as well. Yep, agreeing with Christy. She's iconic. She's memorable. She's the underdog, underestimated ultimate story who pulled it out at the end when it mattered. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. was absolutely on the fence. And then when she gave that speech, I was like, yep, you got my vote. Um, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the, the only other female that, I mean, this is, again, probably going to be a difficult one to push forward, just kind of going back to what we're talking about the first season. I'm really the season one apologist all of a sudden here. But um, Katie, <laughs> who was the one who I was talking about before about how she sort of, you know, threatened to kill people. And it sounds like she's just a bully. <laughs> but, like, if you actually watch her game, like, she was side-by-side side with Rob in that game. And she was... Like, season 1, Channel 9 version, is always accused of not having strategy. But it actually has a lot more than people give it credit to. And the way that Katie kind of played that, and kind of Rob played her to the point where Katie was doing a lot of the dirty work with forming the alliances and making sure that things were kept in play. And that's when Rob obviously eventually would backstab her because he knew that she was going to be a threat and she'd, he'd made more of a closer bond with Shona and with Joel. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I'm completely fine if none of you want to agree with this and, you know, put like Flick up or something. I love Flick too. But I just I just think in terms of the females, I would, I would be an advocate for Katie going up. But again, outvote me <laughs> if you've got other two here. <laughs> I mean, none of these anecdotes about season one and two mean anything <laughs> to me. <laughs> me neither. I could be You're making all names. this up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. There was no Katie. Yeah, there was never a Katie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I think, I think the thing is this is that, like, I mean, this is something that I feel 
we could definitely create. And this is something that maybe it could be a little bit too early maybe to do it even at the end of this fourth season just because a Hall of Fame is obviously something you want to have a bit more of a legacy with, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would really need if you wanted to establish or do this, and I'm again, I'm not just trying to say this to be the apologist for like the season one version, the channel nine version, mm-hmm. but I think that that's something that had been more ongoing. And I mean, you know, I would just quickly say that if I had to choose my three, I'd have Christy, I'd have Katie from season one, channel nine, and I'd probably have flick um, there. That would just be mine. And for the extra male, I would just throw a name out there. Um, I think you might have Lee, maybe i mean that's a tricky one because i mean obviously we're halfway through this season so i mean you know who knows what luke might do or henry you know or jared you know what i mean so but if we kind of at this point lee possibly um you know i don't know that's that's a tricky one i mean look uh, my random one would be and again none of you're gonna know this one would be david oldfield from the celebrity version because he was fucking amazing um but again that's that's a weird choice so yeah (laughs) Ben, I was just going to call you out for skipping the celebrities. I was going to say that... Well, it's, it's tricky, the celebrity one, because, re- like, we're planning on doing posts this season because we, on when we were Survivor Oz, we did a... We ranked all 442 US contestants. It took us 33 hours. Clearly, we have no life. <laughs> but it was... It was, it was that a very... available for download? It is, yeah. I can send you the link. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's connected, like, different... It's not one episode continuously for 33 <laughs> hours, but uh, <laughs> it's. it was... I mean, it sounds torturous, but actually, in all honesty, that was one of our most listened-to series of episodes because it was a very interesting debate. We yelled at each other. We were abusing each other because it's a very hard task to rank them. So what we're going to be doing on the Oz Network is at the end of Season 4, we're going to rank all, I think, 72 Australian Survivor contestants, including right. Season 1 and Season 2. And I know from my list, most of the celebrities are very much at the bottom <laughs> um, <laughs> because, you know, they're just not playing anything. But, yeah, David Oldfield, uh, who's just been on that rubbish Hell's Kitchen... Um, he actually was a very savvy player for a... And he basically had a twist written into the show to have him not win it. So, um, yeah, anyway, I'm getting very sidetracked oh. here. I just told you guys, just shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible Does anyone want to throw any other names out here for this, for this one? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, like, being halfway through this season, we're probably going to see... Um, I reckon we'll get some more names on this list by the end of this season. Sure. Definitely. Richard, I think this is a fantastic one, and I think we should all right now here establish the Australian Hall of Fame as a coming soon. And I think all four of us here, all our four shows can be the founding parents of this, and we can come together and organise like a public vote through all our shows and then have a big episode or something with it, because I think this is a great idea, considering we've got the US Hall of Fame. Maybe we do this after the fifth season next year or the third season, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't know. I just think that we've had the question sent in by Richard, and yep. no one else has done it, so why can't us four come together and do it? Let's do it. No, looking forward to adding uh, Jared to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Richard. Now, the last one here. So, on our show, on the Oz Network, we have this long-term listener. Her name is Granny Survivor. Now, we have no idea who this person is, um, but they send in the most amazing questions, and... I, I, I want to... She sent in uh, four different ones here. 
Um, and basically, we're going to go through these. Uh, I think we can go through these ones fairly quickly because generally we do quick fire questions with hers. But these are really entertaining ones for all of us to answer. But I want to. I want to go through. I want to read this word for word right now uh, in terms of what she says. All right, bear with me here. Hello, dears. This sounds exciting. I look forward to your roundtable-like discussion, dears. Fingers crossed, dears, a future one like this could add some Australian players to the table. It's a very good uh, point there, Granny. We, we could always get a few of them involved next time. Uh, so, she says, my question, dears. She, she likes to say the word dears a lot, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> Tri- tribal Council right now, dears. Who is this roundtable... Dis- who in this roundtable discussion is gone first? So basically, out of all of us, who's getting voted out first? Well, didn't we oh establish that was Cassie? Because she I was going to say, I, I think that was me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. Unanimous <laughs> tribe spoken. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to play my hidden immunity idol for Cassie. Oh, Jay. Oh shit! Oh, oh, I'm okay. nullifying it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. My le- legacy advantage gives me an extra vote, guys. So that- <laughs> this is awesome. You didn't see that twist coming, did you, Granny Survivor? Um, <laughs> um, her next question, what are the notable differences in editing Ds between Australian and American Survivor? I've never seen them edit Ds out of Australian and American. I didn't see there any word Ds in it. That was a bad joke. Ignore that. Um, what, so what are the, that's why no one listens to our show. What are the notable differences, uh, she's asking, do we feel, uh, editing between Australian and American Survivor? I mean, the one thing that Jake and I constantly bring up is, you know, because are we only noticing this stuff because we're doing a podcast? But for me, it's just so obvious which tribe's going to tribal. I don't know if that's the same in the American one, but for me, it's been so different in the Australian one. I don't know about you guys. No, I agree. I think it's much harder week to week with the American, although we don't, you know, <laughs> sorry, go. But um, I'm not watching it enough to see if there are any promos being run. So you just get it's just purely you're watching, and I think you always get a balance from both um, both sides. And so um, it's almost always hard to pick um, what's going to happen. There, yeah. what, what, one of the things this season that has has sort of like it, it actually really bugged me, but not so much Cassie. And I don't know if they've ever done this in the American one, but when um, AK had that idol, they didn't show him finding it. And I yes. can't remember if they've ever done that on American Survivor, That's ever. Brilliant. Look, I've, I've been wanting them to do this again for, for years. Yeah. They have done it before, but like back okay. in, I think, Micronesia with Amanda. And I think before then as well, Gary. Uh-huh, like Gary Hoganboom. Yeah. Hoganboom, yeah. Um, I agree. I agree with Kyle. I, look, I, I can see your point definitely with that, Jake, as how that's frustrating. But what I loved about that was that was more of an audience, like a shock, like it, the way they built that up. That was for our perspective and kind yeah. of. A, and I, I saw people complain, and I can definitely see why people would be angry about it. But I, I'm definitely with Kyle. I loved it. I love that shock of him having the <laughs> idol. I thought that was brilliantly edited. Mm. Yeah. You can build up different suspense. So when you know someone's yeah. got an idol, it's a suspense of are they going to play it? But exactly. in this yeah. edit, it was. Do, do they definitely have it? We're, we're going to find out. And I think by them doing this with AK and Adam, us not knowing, you know, did they actually find it? Um, not that I actually thought Luke had found an idol, but it means that they can be playful with it as well, where someone goes on an idol hunt and we don't see them find it, but we might still wonder if they did. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really that, good point. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I personally don't... I mean, I think I disagree with the promos. I mean, I don't... Again, I think, Chris, I'm with you. I don't really see the Go promos. I mean, every time I do see them, 
they're they're just so generic. They don't seem to update them week to week. They're just like, oh, Thursday night, it's the biggest season of Survivor ever. It's just like they say that every fucking season on Go. But um, yeah, the, the one thing that I'll say frustrates me with the Channel Ten promos. Not always just the fact that they give away it quite easily. It's just the over drama drama of the the yeah. promos. They're very Channel Seven. Like, yeah. oh, what will Sarah do this week? That will shock everyone <laughs> to the core. It's like she just like found an idol and didn't tell anyone. Like it's just. It's so overdone. Tribal oh bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, I don't know. I, I think this is like a very Channel Ten thing because, oh yeah, I said I don't watch reality TV, but I occasionally watch MasterChef. Um. Anyway, don't vote me out. Uh, but I'm ready to Channel vote. Channel Ten. Channel Ten. <laughs> Channel Ten love the insanely epic music. Like, oh my just god, to the ever? point where it's like. I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. Yes. Like, it's just, it's, Even in tribal it's... council when they're just talking, it's like, Luke, how was your day today? Yeah, John, it was pretty good. But in the background, it's like... answering how his day was. The biggest misuse of that was when Ben was talking with... Was it Michelle? When Michelle sort of devised that plan to, I'm going to kick Ben off. This is going to be super easy. Because in the conversation with Ben, she's like, well, what do you want to do? And he goes... I'm gonna go. What is, what is it, Lockie? And yeah, the music just goes dun dun dun, dun and everyone's like, "No, that's not happening." We all know that's not happening. You and what army are gonna cast these folks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, and one thing I definitely... This is like all of a sudden picking Channel 10 hour. I don't really watch the project, but my God, their interviews are awful with the players the next night. Like, do they actually watch the show that they're interviewing these people about? It's like, oh, okay, you're a bit of a power player. What's your favourite biscuit? Like, it's, yeah. it's got nothing to do with anything. No, it's about the Cookie Alliance. Iced Vovo, thanks, Waleed. Iced Vovo. Um... Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, her next question is it? I think she's raised this a lot in our uh, interviews, uh, which is a good point though. Is it an Australian Survivor thing, dears, that almost all the older players are booted pre-merge, with rare exceptions of Sue and Lee last year and this year Tara and Michelle being over thirty? And I think we kind of ran through uh, this season, last season, even Celebrity and Channel Nine season one that it, it did kind of seem to be a common trend on Australian Survivor that the over 30s often get voted out early, more so than the American Survivor. Really? Because I always thought the American Survivor were pretty pretty keen on getting rid of the older people early as well. Maybe not so much the Depends over 30s, the though. On, on, I think on US Survivor, it's more like the over sort of like 50s always go early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's I Look, I think... US, it's very dependent on the season. I think Australian Survivor seems to be a lot more... And I don't think it's really necessarily a thing they do deliberately. I don't... Have we ever really had people come out and say straight away, like, oh, we've got to get rid of this person because they're, like, older? I don't... From memory, I don't think we've ever really had that. No, I think sometimes they just perhaps don't gel. Like, if, if... If there is an older person going, it happens quite early on and maybe they've just missed that social opportunity um, to kind of get in. And, and those that are like your Sue's and um, that become kind of like those parental figures um, mm, yeah. have have stuck around because um, they're probably playing a, a bigger role during the more hardship parts of Survivor that we're generally not seeing on, on camera all the time. Um, and, and we saw that a little bit with Tarzan um, this year, but 
Again, mm. if his gameplay is not up to scratch, then uh, pretty pretty quickly you can see them heading home. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think, too, that you've also got to look at the fact that, I mean, she mentioned Lee Lee in Final 2. I mean, L, was L not over 30? Am I being disrespectful in trying to guess that she was over 30? <laughs> Apologies, L, if you're listening, but I'm not trying to be, you know, rude there. But, I mean, again, harking back to Channel 9, I mean, the Final 2, Rob was at least in his late 30s, early 40s, and Shona was at least in her 40s or 50s. So, I mean, that Final 2 there was oldish compared to what she's comparing it to. So... Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting... She's just... She, I mean, she's a granny. She's focused on her age bracket, I guess. I don't know. Um, the last one here, this... Again, this is interesting. Um, as was done with Australian Big Brother, adding twists to its season launch in season three, can we expect Australian Survivor to be more themed deers next year or beyond? E.g. Blood vs. Water, Worlds Apart, Men vs. Women, and so on, instead of standard tribe divisions like these past two years. I think there was a big rumour this season that it was meant to be uh, Brains, Brawn's Beauty. That was what I heard a lot of whispers heading into this season. So, I... It, look my opinion, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the, the difference is with this, if they're going to keep moving forward with Australian Survivor, Survivor is a themed show, isn't it, now, as we see. Like, it used to be so much, you know, location-based. It was all, you know, Africa, you know, Marquesas, yeah. Thailand, whereas now it is the twists. It's, you know, blood versus water, worlds apart, heroes, hookers, whatever the fuck the next season is. Um, whereas, yeah, like, I think if they want to distinguish these, and this even comes down to us, like, debating, do we call this season four or season two? I think that, yeah, they should really, if they're not going to change locations, I feel they do need to theme these so they can be analysed a little bit easier or just on the history side of it. That's just my opinion, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did that for next season. Yeah. I, I kind of think um, keeping the original format for a while longer, it, I would personally like to see that. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think with the American season, how many seasons did they do before they went with some kind of theme? I'm guessing All Stars was the first theme. You might argue Amazon with um, with men versus women or even Thailand with sort mm -hmm. of, it was kind of old versus young in a was way. It? But yeah. It was, but how many? It, I, it, yeah. I'd definitely say Amazon, at least, with men versus women, but yeah, they still yeah. at least called it Amazon. Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, so, I mean, and also, I don't know how many people are sort of new to Survivor in Australia just watching this sort of, you know, reiteration for the first time, whether they might be better off just keeping the format simple for the first more than two or three, you know, do the first four or five like this and then start maybe do an all-star, something like that. That's probably what I would prefer to see. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. I don't think you need to mix it up too much when it's still in its early days. Um, you're going to get enough dynamics uh, just by having, you know, two tribes or starting with three tribes. And mm. I feel like when you have these seasons that label people at the start, like whether that plays into it too much, the people want to stick with who they're labeled as as opposed yeah. to just starting with a tribe name. Yeah. I'd, yeah, agree, I'd honestly agree with everything that was just said there just personally quickly because I right. have often said a lot with the US one, it's kind of, I mean, we haven't had a season since Samoa that hasn't been a theme, you know what I mean? And I, I've always said a, a, a theme or a twist on US Survivor this deep into it, you know, 17 years later, would be to have Borneo rules, no idols, 16 players, oh, wow. no yeah. tribe switch, just pure strip it back, like... Would that's a, that's a huge twist in itself. So, yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there, Cassie and Kyle. In terms of just yeah, I, I would personally like to see it. I just yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that moving forward. Yeah, 
Could we, going on that, Ben, I was actually going to ask, and then you've kind of answered it, but could we go around everyone and ask, like, what would your, if you were going to come up with a twist for a season, what would it be? Because I know what Cassie's is. The yeah, well, I, is oh, a season made up entirely of people who got eliminated first in their season. So, uh, so we, are we talking about like a US twist here, or are we talking? Australian I'm talking US or... simply oh, just... because simply because there's not enough Australian seasons. But you know, sure. to make no, I get you. Yep. Intimacy of people, but if you know if there were enough in Australia, that'd be fine. But yeah, people who voted out first, give them an opportunity. Particularly that one lady that's been voted out first twice yeah. because yeah, I feel Francesca. so sorry. Yeah, but she's yeah, going to stand out amongst all the rest. <laughs> you know, they would deliberately try and vote her out a third time just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people are so mean. Uphill battle for Francesca. <laughs> She'll go eat a rock. It's all right. She'll get over it. Um, would it would it be awful of me to suggest if in an American season if you had that kind of um, liberals versus um, conservatives um, oh. that in America? <laughs> oh, like, yes. just for, that was yeah. it. That was. Um, you know, the, the two, the east and the west coast, um, and then the the Bible Belt or something down there. The other well, side that was very much the rumor circulating around last year when Millennials Gen X came about that that initially was going to be a politically themed season with the upcoming election that they were going to have a like a Democrats versus Republicans. You know, they were looking at doing that. So. Uh, I think that's one of the few untapped ones. The only other one I think that's really untapped, which has always been whispered about, is kind of on a similar theme, like an East Coast versus West Coast, or really like diversifying the states. So have like East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, you know what I mean? And like, it's kind of, I feel that's the one obvious one they've never done in the US, to be completely honest. Although, Mm -hmm. let's face it, none of the thematic, um, you know, none of these big ones have, by merge, it doesn't matter. Um, no, exactly. rarely has anyone right. turned around and said, well, we're, we're all doctors, so let's stick together. Um, it, it's probably only in the, the blood versus water where that, mm. you know, had, there was that extra layer there of consideration and we, um, and you sort of saw that play out a little bit, but at the end of the day, it doesn't kind of, you know, be- beauty, brains, brawn, whatever, it, it sort of doesn't really mean anything. Um, did anyone have any ideas for Australian just you know, how you would like to see the Aussies split up in, in any uh, It'd be easy for us with state, sort of a state versus state one in many ways. Um, yeah. I mean, I look, just I'm the only Tasmanian here and I think the only Tasmanian in the world that wants to actually have a Tasmanian play this fucking game. I mean, if you get <laughs> every single season, including Celebrity and Season 1, we have literally had every state and territory. We had someone from the Northern Territory on Channel 9 Season 1. We had, what, Canberra last year with Connor and we've obviously had all the other states. We've never had a Tasmanian play Australian Survivor. Aww. So, come on, we've only got eight states and territories. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I know I'm interrupting everyone. I, I just want to point out there, Australia versus New Zealand, it worked on Amazing Race. Now that we've got New Zealand Survivor, I think that would be fantastic because we love to beat those bloody Kiwis. Yep. Yeah. That would, that be, would be pretty be a good great. That would be great. I, I've got a, a suggestion for Australia. Um, I'd like to see um, sort of... Uh, top blokes and dickheads or something like that. Like I, I want <laughs> I want Kent to be put in a situation yeah, where it's all dickheads, um, you know, it, just to bring that Aussie, an Aussie flavour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I like it. That. Look, they're great. They're great things to think about. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, thank you, Granny. So and to everybody who sent those in. And I mean, can I just say, I've had so much fun with this episode. Uh, it was obviously sort of a, an idea that was thrown about and kind of we've, we've come together. And 
I think we've officially established the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. Um, you know, there's a legacy to come from this. But I, I personally think this has been a lot of fun. And uh, I think, yeah, this is something we should definitely revisit through this season, the end of the season. We can come together and analyse it. Or American season, fucking Survivor Indonesia, if that happens. I don't know. Like, do we'll, just, we'll just bond together and talk about the most random survivors out there. Azerbaijan, if they're doing a season again. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I've had a great time. This has been awesome. We'd, I, uh, yeah, I, I think we should definitely try and do one maybe at the end of the season or something. It'd be really good to yeah, do a full, cool. full season analysis. Mm. And if I can get my uh, my tribe back together, um, we, you know, we'll join in as well. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. We'll get some um, some different perspectives. Yeah, Brian was pretty sure. gutted that he couldn't be here tonight, so I'm sure he'd love to get involved in a future one as well. Oh, I just want to send a special shout out actually the other sort of couple ones that we were were talking to uh, we're talking to the after the torch uh, no you're the after the torch I'm sorry uh, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> hi uh, have you been on this episode have you Shit. I we're talking to somebody else uh, <laughs> this is why I do write notes in front of me but never read them uh, under the radar edit <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, get snuffed is the one that I should say uh, that were sadly not able to make it at the last moment. And also, uh, we were talking to uh, they weren't they're not a podcast, but the tribe has spoken. They just run a blog, um, and we were going to get uh, one of the guys on there. But uh, I will say he's a big Geelong Cat supporter, and uh, they're playing right now in the terms of uh, us recording this, and they're winning quite right now by a lot. So he'll be quite happy that he decided to watch the game rather than talk about Australian Survivor. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I've had fun. And shameless plug, I guess we can all give a shameless plug for our episodes and our podcast at this point. Um just search for the Oz Network. We're on all social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. We, we don't use fucking um, Tumblr or those ones, but I think we're going to MySpace maybe. We're, we're still old school. Um, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, yeah, we, we have generally uh, each week we'll have our recap episode with a former contestant, and uh, next week we've actually got three guys coming on from the very first season, Channel 9 again, as a little reunion, and we also have our uh, we have exit interviews each week too. So that's just James plug here for the Oz Network. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we are um, at uh, previously on Australian Survivor. So uh, we're only on the the Twitter. We we definitely get involved during the episode. So um, join in on the conversation at previously on AS. Uh, we record every week. We do our uh, recap episode uh, after the final episode of the week of Survivor and. Um, Come and have a listen. Uh, we're on all the, the podcast apps. I'm yet to find one that um, doesn't have us there. And you can follow Two Boys Talk Survivor on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm usually joined by Brian. We're usually doing our podcast with a bottle of wine. It's recommended that you have one too if you're listening to us. <laughs> it goes down better. <laughs> yeah, and we're uh, after the torch. Uh, it's me and Cassie. We do an episode after each episode. Um, and yeah, you can find us. We're on Twitter at after the torch. We're on Facebook as well, but we don't use that that much. Um, but yeah, come give it a listen. There you go. A lot of fun had there on this Australian Survivor Megacast. And a uh, big thanks to everybody for joining us there on the episode. Of course, as you would have heard there previously on Australian Survivor, after the torch and two boys talk Survivor. The first of its kind, I'm going to say, um, Turns kind of like this multi-podcast podcast talking about Australian Survivor. And, uh, of course, of course, I mentioned, of course, of course, apparently I'm Mr. Ed. Uh, I mentioned there about how we used to be the only Australian Survivor podcast essentially uh, floating around for some time. And 
now obviously to have about 58 million of them it's uh it's a fantastic sort of environment to be involved in so uh great that we can sort of come together and chat and uh give a variety of different opinions as well so i'm uh, looking forward to having more discussions like that in the future for sure and moving forward with our australian survivor coverage because we're really heating up now we've got about a month to go i would say in terms of uh where we're at for australian survivor and uh, we're going to be bringing you uh, a bonus episode each week for Australian Survivor. So obviously, as you heard me mention there in that episode, we have our weekly recap with our former Survivor contestants. And of course, we do have our exit interviews as well. But what we're going to be doing as well is bringing you sort of another one of these sort of roundtable discussions each week. And we're doing this by bringing back some former Auslets to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of some of this stuff. Similar to what we used to do in Survivor Oz days by having sort of an, an analytical topsy as we used to call it, as well as having this uh, contestant episode uh, that would have a former contestant on as well so look out for that uh, we've got Linda and Julian coming back as of course we have a lot of people are requesting for that we had in the very first week of our Australian Survivor coverage and uh, Noah is going to be joining us for an Australian Survivor episode former Auslets, uh Paul and Jared as well uh, and we'll see who else we've got coming on the show too so stay tuned we'll obviously always point out uh, on our social media who we've got coming on and in terms of our recap episode next week you would have heard me have a little bit of a tease there in terms of uh, having some season one contestants coming on the show. And uh, yeah, we're looking at having at least two, maybe three joining us. Kadena members, the tribe that lost all the time. Uh, we're talking about Deborah Pert, Sylvan Dorney, and Karen Shaw. Now, uh, we've got two of out of the three locked in. We're just waiting for Sylvan to confirm with us. But uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have all three. It's almost like a mini reunion because they were also voted out fifth, sixth, and seventh. So, all in order. Karen, the only one who did make the merge there. But uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it because they're all still uh, avid fans of Survivor. And uh, obviously, as we've heard this season with Lance and Katie, uh, great to have these guys back on the show and to talk about uh, their, their games and also what they're viewing Australian Survivor uh, 15 years after they played it of course too so stay tuned for that moving forward and uh, yeah we very much of course look forward to bringing you that as well as exit interviews three episodes a week now folks in case you haven't seen that news as well back to three episodes of Australian Survivor on Channel 10 and given that uh, we're pretty certain we're not going to have any non-elimination episodes from this point forward uh, we'll have three exit interviews for you each week if of course they decide to want to talk to us unless they pull the AK card we'll wait and see uh but uh yes so stay tuned for those australian survivor coverage really ramping up and survivor coverage in general is obviously getting very busy at this time of year we're only a fortnight away from u.s survivor returning to our screens heroes hustlers and healers i think i got it right that time uh we're doing a preview episode in about a week's time with a very good friend of ours of course billy garcia from survivor cook islands who will be joining colin and i to do our very first preview episode with the former contestant. We obviously did that with Andrew for Australian Survivor, but we've never done one with the US Survivor before, so we're looking forward to that. And other ones that, of course, I have teased in terms of other episodes that we're planning on doing. We're planning on updating the epic recap podcasts that, of course, we did on Survivor Oz, our 33 hours worth of ranking contestants. Uh, we've obviously got five seasons, really, to update this list. So Noah, myself, and possibly Paul as well, looking like we're all going to sit down in an episode and kind of go through an average number and... And uh, we'll explain the format more a little bit uh, when we're on that episode too. So stay tuned for that. And of course, as I've also teased on another episode as well, post-Survivor Australian Season 4, Australian Survivor Season 4, sorry, we will be doing a rankings of the Australian Survivor contestants as well. So plenty to keep you occupied if you're a Survivor fan. And if you're not a Survivor fan and for some reason you're listening to this episode, uh, we've got plenty of other content. Our epic five and a half hour Titanic podcast is up. That's right. Five and a half hours talking about Titanic. We've separated it into two episodes for you, just to be nice. Um, 
that kicks off our anniversary month a little bit later than we wanted to but yeah we didn't realize titanic was going to take us so long to record uh but stay tuned for those and of course third watch nip tuck they're all being covered as well and uh plenty to keep you occupied here on the oz network in the meantime this has been a fantastic fun episode like us on facebook follow us on twitter and remember to subscribe to us on itunes stitcher or spotify whatever your poison is when it comes to listening to podcasts my name is ben thank you for tuning in to the oz network and a big thank you once again to chris jake cassie and kyle from previously on australian survivor after the torch and two boys talk survivor we're out of here thanks for listening we'll speak to you next time good night thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oz network.net